five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energized podcast episode thirty-seven. How you doing, Barry? Good, yeah. Good, yeah. Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm actually. Good, yeah. I'm actually buzzing to do this episode, Joe. You because know last week I felt like it wasn't as good as it usually is. Even though, like, I let I listened back and thought it was all right. But, but, like, this one I've been looking forward to talking about. Yeah, there's lots coming up on this week's episode. So, Barry, what's going down? Yeah. Give what? me the latest. I'll give you I'll give you the deets, man. Give us the run order of the show. Okay. Um. First of all... Hold on. I went to say to you the other day, Ariel Hawani, when he does the MMA hour, he gives the run down the show. He must have robbed that from you, man. He must have robbed Because yeah. you've been doing it way longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, if you're new to the Energized show, Welcome. And if you're back for more energized action, welcome back. Yes, okay, that was perfect. Okay, oh, were you afraid I wasn't going to say it? I was just—I thought you were going to forget it. All right. Okay. Um. Yes. On this week's show, we're going to go through what we got up to during the week, as always, and then we're going to move into the world of fighting, as always. Oh, sorry, I was—I was supposed to say that one again. <laughs> I don't know, okay, I don't know. it was working. And then uh, we're going to finish off with some football and a bit of rugby as well. As always. Yeah, very energised. So, this week, myself and Ross, we went back we went back to the gym. One time. One what? time. The one time wonder. Big dogs. Um, yeah, very, so we, we agreed. I had a day off this week and we were like, let's go train this day. Arrived to the gym. Uh, I don't know what it was. I think me and Barry are both actually currently slightly sick. Not like bedridden sick, but it's just like, not a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. I, I, like I know I have like I'm coughing below the phlegm and my like nose is blocked, but I feel grand other than that. And like at certain stages of the week, I just couldn't get heat into me. I was I was cold and like I'm never cold. Yeah. Well, in fairness, like first of all, I hate talking about the weather, but yeah. second of all, like the weather, the weather is terrible in Ireland this week. Like very terrible. Very 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 bad weather. So like I I actually arrived at Barry's to go to the gym, and I I, I oh actually I should probably say. What I was doing before that, I got asked if you could become a mystery shop- shopper, and I went and I had to go pretend to buy a car. So I went to Hyundai Garage and pretend to buy a car there, and that was actually quite good. They were actually really nice in there. Although, like when when you become a mystery shopper, and they were like pick up all the minor details. Your man toy was a bit obscure, and like he actually had dirt underneath his fingernails. And like even though like that's not really like a big deal, but like if you're like spending like thirty grand on a new car, it's a bit like you want to buy it off someone who you perceive to be clean. Yeah. you know what I mean. Well, he could have been changing tires. Very him. <laughs> but uh, I went in and they were real plight in Hyundai. And then I went to Joe Duffy Volkswagen and Swords and they were just like, they are actually so rude to me. I was like, well, it was not necessarily rude, but I was really like, I was like, can I speak to someone about that car? It was like the Volkswagen T-Rock. And they were like, oh, well, our, all our salespeople are busy. But I could actually see two of them weren't busy. Well, they weren't dealing with people anyway. Like, in fairness, I don't know what to do. Maybe they were doing something else. But yeah. I could see they weren't dealing with people. And I was like, oh, do you know how long they'll be? And they were like, oh, it could be 10 minutes. Could be 15 minutes. Could be half an hour. And I was there like, I'm trying to buy a new car here and you're going to like tell me to wait for half an hour. And then that was that. And then I eventually went, well, do you have a brochure? And then they looked, they go, there should be one on the rack over there. But I already knew there wasn't one on the rack because I looked for the one on the rack. Yeah. And then your woman was like, hold on, I'll print off a new one. But realistically, she should have printed off two. One to give to me and then one to put on the rack. But I only printed one off to give to me. She was actually quite nice for receptions. And then after a while, I was like, here, I can't see any longer. So I walked over to one salesman. I was like, here, what's the story? Like, the key thing is, what they wanted to know was, how long was the wait until you got a brand new car? And I go, how long was the wait for that car? And he said, 12 weeks. And I was like, right, good luck. But imagine waiting 12 weeks to get a new car as well. 
Yeah, but they find the cash. The key thing is in Ireland, like you, you have to look like you're doing the maximum, but actually doing the bare minimum. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I also like, I, I, like when I rang the people I was doing it for, they were like, "And what's the story? Like, did, did they think you weren't like buying the car or whatever?" And I was like, "Well, I was like, first of all, like I'm 27, so the, therefore, like I'm at the age where if I walk into a dealership, like they take me somewhat seriously, and like I'll put on a pair of like fucking Chelsea boots and put on jeans." Put on a shirt and a jacket. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, uh, like, I dressed half decently <laughs> to go into the place. Like, you put on a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and they're just like nothing. So I was like, you know what? If I was buying a car, like if I won the lotto, I wouldn't buy it from there. Grand, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. But <laughs> that's what I was doing. And then we went to the gym. Then we went to the gym. Then it was, we went it was, to the gym. John, it was actually like really, really good to get back in. Like, yeah, I, well, I actually really enjoyed it. We had a bit, a bit of crack doing it. Like, yeah. I don't think, yeah. You know what? I need to give up my job and then we'll just go to the gym full time all the time. <laughs> no, but, but it was it was actually really good. Anytime we actually go training together, yeah. it's actually, like we, before we went, we were like, right, let's not go mad. Yeah. Because we hadn't gone in a while. And then like all of a sudden we went in, got it in. Yeah, but we were sort of just went like straight back to it. As in like, we weren't yeah. like, we weren't like doing something outrageous, but we were just like, we knew the routine and we just got in there and yeah. just did it. It was actually really, really good. And not only that, it was just more so, you felt better afterwards, yeah. you know what I mean? I, th- I think a key gym tip is just to say th- th- that you're going to go and take it easy. Yeah. And then once you're there, like you're hardly just like yeah, going to go on the treadmill for five minutes and go home. Yeah. Also, yeah. I was reading like all the t- 2018 tips to get back into the gym. And I think one of the good tips that is maybe good to follow is that like, go back the first couple of workouts you do and do the workouts you enjoy. Like don't go back yeah. and be like, two million squats in your first workout <laughs> and then like you can't walk for a week and you're like oh my god yeah yeah so the next day me and barry were both really stiff didn't go yeah and then like, oh, i just got like progressively sicker as in like i was like i was like just sneezing loads and all the crap and i was like grand and it was also christine's birthday so we went down for a nice meal and then we went to uh nolita for a load of cocktails yeah hold on hold on last week you said you got her a present and you didn't say what it was okay it, right so what did you actually get her well, I actually get there because she didn't get the present until we came back to point after the, the okay, day. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, we agreed to go to Crackbird, which is on Dame Street, except it's not called Crackbird anymore. It's called Skinflint. And now Crackbird is actually up where Bear is now. I know for other people, they probably won't, they might know what that is, but that, well, like, we went to actually went to go to one restaurant we talk, and then it was called something else. So, we okay. got pizza. It was actually not very good. So, don't go to Skinflint. It was not very nice. Then we went to Nolita. Because it was a Thursday, so we just had a load of cocktails there. But like, the okay. cocktails are actually like I spent more money on like getting us ten cocktails than I did on the dinner. Because well, five each, not ten each. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, ten so, for yourself. Then we went to the Globe, and uh, we had point of Guinness each, and then after two cocktails, yeah. Okay. Well, like, well, like, first we were in like Nolita and the cocktails were going to be really good, and you go to the Globe where it's a bit more nightclub. You like, if you ask for a cocktail there, you're going to get shit yoke. Yeah, but so you're in a club and you ask for a Guinness. Well, like it's like sort of a bar slash club. Okay, you know okay. I mean? Put it this way: the, the bar was a bit busy, so I didn't want to be like make a cocktail there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, be like, yeah, was your, yeah but your stomach was probably like, what's going on in this? Yeah, but I was drinking like whiskey based cocktails, so they're like small, but just a lot of whiskey in them. Okay, okay. So it was grand. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we went back to mine, right? We get back to mine and we're in the house all two minutes and Christine turns to me and goes, I'm off leaving my phone in the taxi. But we like hailed the taxi off the side of the street and like no way of getting it back. Actually, this part of the story is not true because that actually happened the following night. So it's grand. Christine is still in great form. Okay, oh, okay. she is. Yeah, all okay. right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we arrive back, right? 
And I had this present on the bed, right? And it was a massive box, right? Massive. And it was all... Sp- well, like, it took me a full roll of wrapping paper to wrap it, right? Now, I'm not the best wrapper in the world, but it still took me a full roll of wrapping paper <laughs> to wrap it, right? And then... You put most of it in the bin. Yeah. And then and then I give it to her, right? And then she opens it. And, like, I'm not going to lie, like, she started crying. She was like, she couldn't believe it. Well, I got her this thing. It was called a ring light. So, the, basically, what you do is, when you're a makeup artist, you turn this ring light on, right? And then... Like you shine it on your yeah, face yeah, when you yeah. have all your makeup done, yeah. and then like it makes it look spectacular, right? Yeah, it's like a free filter. Yeah, no, loads, yeah. Of, loads of like YouTubers and stuff use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like brilliant, and I loved it, right? But then when she when when she opened it, right, then I got freaked because I thought I bought like people in work were asking me what I got Christine for her birthday, and I was like, I got her this really fancy mirror with light on it. There's okay. no there's no mirror on the thing. But okay. Christine was like, there's not meant to be a mirror. Okay, but then I felt like fucking easier because I was going around telling everyone I got her this fancy mirror. We can get like a mirror accessory to it. Anyway, she's absolutely obsessed with it. She keeps on like turning it on the room and like taking pictures of it and being like, look how great this is. And I'm just saying, I'm just like, to me, I just bought her like, but to her, she's like, this is the greatest thing of all time. This, this is like when you said you got your brother shoes and then your dad was constantly saying, he, Jake loves his shoes. Yeah. He's always looking at his shoes. <laughs> yeah, and I was what like, I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, what way, do people, was, what way do people tell you stories? Yeah, I know, yeah, I'm just like, I was like, it's like Christine's in bed, she goes to sleep with the light on, she yeah. loves it that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. She, she was like, probably start crying now. Could have been because you had about 10 drinks right now, but uh, she was like, probably like, she was like, I can't believe that. And then she was like, this is the one Rosie Connolly is. I was like, the fuck Rosie Connolly, buddy. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like. <laughs> so you fluked it? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I went to ask uh, a few <laughs> other. I, I went to ask a few other top makeup artists what was the best one to get, and they oh, got did that you? one. Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah, well yeah, done. yeah, yeah. No mess. I thought you just went in. You're like that one. Yeah, no, no, no. That would be a very mean thing to do. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, no. I bought it online because I was called. <laughs> I was like, what's the best one? I was like, right, that's the one. Thanks. I asked them, I go, what's the best one? And they go, yeah, send me a link to that in the shop. Yeah, how I can just go click, boy. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, no, sorry, Christine, put loads of effort into it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is yeah. it. For a guy, that's yeah. serious effort. Yeah, but like, oh, what's called, Christine like always sort of says what she likes, but she doesn't, she doesn't go, I like this, boy, for me. She's always like, these are brilliant, or have you seen these? And she yeah. just says it to me, and then like, I just remember it, and like, I just care of that. Yeah. No, that's, that's oh, like, you know what's actually hilarious, right? Christine, before Christmas, before I gave her a Christmas present, she goes, Ross, I give really bad reactions when people buy me presents. Like, I don't really look impressed when I get them. First time, like, I gave her a Christmas present. She was couldn't believe it. And then the second time, I give her the thing, she starts crying. I was like, stay, you've never got a present of me. What was the, what was the Christmas present? I got, like, a handbag, and then I had, like, a Yankee candle, dollars for America, Mac makeup, makeup palette. Just loads, loads of, like, the things that she loves in the handbag. I yeah. called it, like, the Christine Donaldson starter pack. Yeah. No fair play. Loved it. Yeah. No fair play. Man, of course, I don't buy people shit presents. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously not. Yeah, like that time I showed up with the United jersey feet. Do you remember that? And you were like, why did you get me that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're already like, no, we're going to have to get him something. Yeah. No, that, that's why we're not doing presents yeah. at the moment. Now. Yeah, we don't do presents yeah. at the moment. Until, yeah. Well, there was there was a time I showed up with a load of coffee for your last birthday. Last <laughs> <laughs> month's coffee. So I showed up with like an industrial tub of coffee. I went, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. I think I had a pack of smokes for you. And then like, <laughs> I bought a journal and you're like, it doesn't have the pen holder, man. Yeah. And I was like, all oh, right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's this, like, this one doesn't have a pen holder either. Does not? No. Ah, sure, look. Yeah, I know, yeah. Freaked out that. Um, yeah. Oh, and then there was Friday. I also went down Friday night. Um, my manager in work is actually leaving... Instead of working for Jemison, he's now going to work for Absolute Vodka over in uh, Sweden. He's going to do like the brand home over there. So I, was like, I might eventually go over there and 
see him do a tourism, but uh, he was an absolute legend. He's one of the best managers I've ever had. To put it into context, we've been reopened since March, and we're now like coming up to February of the following year. So we've nearly been open 11 months, nearly 12 months. And on the team that I worked on, only one person has left since over that year. And then in the bar team in our place, nine people have left. So that just shows how good a manager he is. Like, I mean, he retains all the stuff. Oh, that's good, yeah. So fair play to him. He was an absolute legend. What's his name? Rob Maxwell. Absolute Rob Maxwell. gent. And, or or uh, Bertie Maxwell on uh, Insta. That Insta life. So he's an absolute legend. He's gone off to Sweden today and then went there and then that's when Christine lost her phone. But we got to replace one. So she's happy as Larry. Christine, you're getting all the shout-outs today. So I expect, yeah, to see, man. You know, I expect her to see like an Instagram post promoting the latest podcast because like, we deserve it. Yeah. And <laughs> so you have a girlfriend, is that right? Yeah. Cool, cool. Just yeah, I didn't know. know. Yeah, Just yeah, I know. didn't know. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Um Yeah, so that's that's the show. That's finished now, yeah. yeah? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, the Ross show. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. enjoys with Ross and Christine featuring Barry. Yeah. No, like well like, well, like Someone had to get up to something because yeah. really, I spent this week like after we went to the gym, I was actually I was just stiff for about four days, and then like I spent most like most of the day just sick in bed, and then what watching nearly like every movie I could watch. Yeah, so this is the new Joy segment, the movie round with Barry Moore. The, what did you go see? The movie review, or what did you see? Um, actually, I watched that new film with James Franco in the one he's um basically like meant to be a really shit actor, and his brother's in it as well. That won- James Franco. Yeah. It won some like Golden Globe Awards, but um, I actually wasn't a big fan of it at all. And then like I just went back to, I actually I just went then I went back to like the the, the safety movies with like Leonardo DiCaprio in it. In it like what's what's the beach again? Yeah, man. I'm just it's just that the Thailand team is just like I'm just like obsessed with that. And then like <laughs> I watch Catch Me If You Can. And then uh, do you know what the funny story is? Right, I watched the, uh, I watched the the movie Dunkirk. Right. Well, Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles is in it, right? But the thing is, right, I, I just I just Googled Dunkirk 2017 because that's when it came yeah. out, right? And then, like, a, a mo- like a movie called Dunkirk comes up and I was like, right, how many movies called Dunkirk are made in 2017? Yeah. And I was like, like an, over an hour and like 10 minutes into it and like, I just knew, I knew Harry Styles was in it and like he hadn't been in it yet. And I remember in the trailers there was like, like fire planes, yeah. fighter jets and like they're on a beach. And like over an hour had gone through the film, they hadn't even gone near a beach. There was no nothing there was in no the air. war. There was no war going no, on. No, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Right? And, like I was also like, "This movie is shit." <laughs> but the thing is, like I was like, "Maybe I'm being too critical." Like, yeah. It's meant to be a good film, and then like there was like twenty minutes left, and n- nothing else had happened in the movie, and then I realized it was the wrong movie. It was like called like Dunkirk Unknown, something like that. It was fucking shit, right? And I was like, I can't. Good idea, though, isn't it? If a really good cool film comes out, like, yeah, make your film a similar in the movie, yeah, and, like, like, a, and then people go see it by mistake. Yeah, like a parody. Yeah. So, then, so then, like, like I was like, I can't believe after waste my time watching this. So, I eventually found Dunkirk, like, very, very good film. I love those war films, like Saving Private Ryan, like uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I love that. Like that stuff. I love that sort of like war movies, like even like Inglorious Bastards stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, do you know what the funny thing was? I watched First Aids. Ireland there the other day as well. No way. Who did you watch it with? Um, oh, I, I just watched the back by myself. I was like, I saw there was loads of people tweeting about it and then like, obviously our good mate, Shane. Oh, Shane Kirkywood. Yeah, he's uh, meant he's to make... He's going to be in one of the episodes. Yeah, he's me- yeah, he, he was meant to make his 
we, I thought he was actually going to be on that episode, so... But it looked like he's going to be on the following ones, because he was, like, on the ad for yeah. the, the up-and-coming ones. But they always sort of, like, put the best people in the ad for the up-and-coming ones, and then eventually they're in one at some stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a time where they kept on showing you in the background, and then people were like, oh, Barry's going to be a main dater, and then yeah. you're just in the background. Yeah. There are you, man. I think... Yeah, yeah. But, uh... I'll get into that in a sec. But, um... I watched it right and hold on actually I think now was a good time for you to because like people probably haven't heard it how does the first dates work when you get there because you've done it okay okay alright so alright um, okay I was on first dates on the first on season one they're on season three now in Ireland um, first of all we had literally just started Energised and I was like we were like right how, what content did we come up with because we didn't yeah. know what to do hold on I just want to tell you Christine's sister was also on first dates the actual, like, and she was, like, a film there. On um, what season? Probably one would say. Oh, oh okay. I have to show it to you. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so basically, we know one of the girls that works with Coco Television, and they're looking for lads to go on it, and, all, like, I was single, so I was like, okay, I'll go, like, I'll go on it for the crack. Why not? Why not? Literally, like, but it's because it was going to be a background dater. If they had been, like, do you want to be a main dater, I, I wouldn't have been, like, interested, really. Yeah. So then, like, I went, and then um, you get put it like you get you like sign in, and then you get put into a room with these other lads, right? Um, there was like five or six other lads there, right? And like I was sort of before, like uh, I actually noticed in the last show, I kept saying like, but um, so we're in the room, and um, you had to like write down some sort of information, blah, and then um, they were like, "Do you want a drink?" And I was like. I was contem- before I was going I was like oh, I probably shouldn't drink I probably shouldn't drink but when I got there I was like so nervous and stuff I was like yeah I'll have a drink and they were like right you have to pay for the beer but the wine is free and I was like few, a glass of wine please right so I had a few glasses of wine and then we were there chatting with the other, I was there chatting with the other lads and two of the lads actually like follow us on Instagram to this day because like, the lads are all one of them sort of messages every day yeah yeah, 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 yeah a guy was... called Tom Fitzgerald bang yeah. on bang on uh, he's actually doing some acting now at the moment as well but um, yeah we're having really good crack and then then the, uh, the, the lady comes in she's like she actually called me and Tom out first to go and like sit down like in the in so you do you put like at the bar like it is on TV or you put to sit down at like your table yeah no we were, we were both put down sitting down at our own tables okay yeah and then, um, yeah, and then, like, you're real, like, it's like a... It's like is it, every time a girl walks in, you're like, is that her? Well, like, two girls walked in, right? And then, like, one was, like, all right, like, one, like if I had to describe their bills, one was, like, heavier than the other. Okay. Yeah, and then, like, the heavier girl didn't come over to me. Okay. Okay, okay. If, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, whatever. I'm not even trying to be bad. It's yeah, just, yeah. like, how well else you meant to describe someone? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like the date was actually actually all right. I had like a couple of glasses of wine and like I was I was a bit like I was getting even more confident. I was like, this is actually really good crack. And then uh, you see the thing is like, she she like I don't know how they like pulled us together. But made you yeah, like she I think she played rugby, but like she, she was sort of like a like a sort of like emo sort of goth person. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forget her name. She was like really nice and stuff, but like there was there was no like. Yeah, but I think when you were, like, applying for the show or when you, like, email uh, Becca Vac, you were, like, quite broad. You were, like, someone who's into a bit of fitness and, like, it's a bit alternative. And, like, if you think about it, she's probably into... They were, like, she likes rugby and she's a bit alternative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were probably, like, she'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? As in, like, you weren't, like, yeah. 9 out of 10 for looks, <laughs> 11 out of 10 for personality, 
and really rich and wouldn't mind giving me a loan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm funnier than me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but, no, you wouldn't want that, man. You, yeah, need, no. to, you need to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, it actually, it was actually, like, really good crack. But, like, we were, like we got along more as friends. Like, there was no, like, spark. I think you can sort of feel the spark after. And you then, feel the coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, but, like, once I left, I was, I was like, oh, that was actually, like, really good crack. We didn't have to go into a room after and say if we were going to meet again. But I, I thought that was really good crack. And then... Um, didn't they ask you to go to another date straight yeah, after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Do you want to go another one? Yeah, I was sort of like, oh... You see, I, I wouldn't have thought it would be fair to go and like meet another girl and me being like half like half drunk and then being like, I was already on a date there. And what way does the money work? And um, they gave us like I think twenty five euro to pay towards the bill. I actually paid. I actually paid the full thing now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But if you went another date, you would have had to pay again. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, see, the yeah. thing is, I'm lot. There, there was big like controversy about this over women paying the bill or men paying the bill or both Split splitting the bill. The bill. Yeah. yeah. Now, Especially the fella on the most recent episode. Yeah. And they were like, your mum was like, we split the bill. And your mum was like, grand, yeah. 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 You, see, you see, he, I think he knew that there wasn't going to be a second date. So he was like, right, grand, but split they, the bill. No, but then when they got into the room, they were like, do you want to go second date? He was like, yeah. And then she was like, uh. But then remember, she gave him a second chance. And then they'd end up like smooching <laughs> later on. But like, I never know how, how real or not real yeah, those yeah. are. It's always weird. They must be like, Send us a picture later. You know what I mean? Like, they must be trying to get them to do that. Yeah. But I'm really like... Oh, yeah, but you, you also get a free taxi home as well. Do you? Do you get a free taxi home? Yeah. Or, oh, did you? I was going to get the dart, and, there, and then uh, Rebecca was like, you get a free taxi. And oh. I was like, all right, grand. Oh, happy yeah. days. Yeah, we're here. What do you think about splitting the bill, by the way? Because, like, I think, like, I don't know about any other country now, but, like, in Ireland, it's sort of like an old school thing that, like... The lad gets the bill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just pay the bill. Um, like... You know what, in my head, I, like, I sort of thought this out. And, like, if I was going on a date with a girl... Alright, put it up this way, right? On TV, I'm 100% paying the bill. I'm just not, not looking, being that scrounge bastard. But, like, I think if I was going out with someone, right? And I just really didn't like them. And, like, I knew there was never going to be a second date. And they, they were like, do you want to go halves? And they weren't really, like, super looking to go in the halves. And they actually wanted to go halves. I'd be like, alright, fair enough. And I'd be like, here, look, we're just going to be mates. You know what I mean? I'd say to them before, like, the end of the bill. I'd be like, here, look, we're just going to be mates. It didn't work out. I don't mind splitting the bill, but, like... If I have intention to bring them on second date, I'm a hundred percent paying the bill. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think it's. Uh, well, I think the key thing is to make them feel special. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, but in fairness, I'd always offer to get this as well, and then like I tell by their reaction how much they were like, "Oh yes," but like also if someone's like let me pay for absolutely everything, I'd be like, "Oh, these are real scroungy." Yeah, you know what I mean. And I wouldn't like that either. You know what I mean. That's happened to me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing is, maybe if you were like, right, I'll pay the bill, you get the drinks. Yeah, yeah. Like for like, let's go get yeah. a drink. You get the first round. Yeah, like that's probably the perfect way yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But like, there's nothing better than like when you're with a girl and then she's like, like she almost like, say say she goes like I'm going to the bathroom and yeah. then comes back with drinks. Like that yeah. would be like that would be like yeah. you know there's a keeper there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Apart from being like here, mm. open up the open up the Cadwell checkbook. Yeah, but I'm really like uh, yeah, but I like to like pay the bill in like a weird way. As in like if. Someone went to the bathroom at the end of the meal. I'd like pay the bill when they were in the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's like, always a cool move as yeah, well. But I, yeah, but it's, it's not even to be a cool move because like, I like to get the bill. I like to check it and be like, oh, my grand. And then yeah. I pay for it before they come back. So therefore, there's none of this like, I'm like, it's already paid for. You know what I mean? It's grand. There's no like, there's no argument. But like, that's only like, if you really like someone or you're going out with someone, it's just like, that's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah, no, I really like the idea that like, I'll get the food and then, you know, the other person get the drinks or whatever. You know, so like you when mean, you're on a date as well, like it, it is about courtship, and yeah. you have to sort of like show that you're interested. In yeah, you're you want to look after the other person. Now, I mean, if no, they, if, 
like I don't know what I'd say if they were like overly pushy yeah. insisting on pay, like, yeah. paying for it but like you see the thing is the, the thing is about like okay being like attracted to someone there, there, there's more than just like looks like mm. you, you can't just like be looking at some someone the whole time there has to be like if if they're kind or if they're like generous or if like if they're funny yeah or if like they're ambitious like th- like they're like really key important things I think for myself now to yeah want... there are much more attractive qualities than like you yeah know, like, I'd, I'd swap I'd swap looks for like like what's called um drive and d- determination to yeah. succeed and be kind and friendly no, like, and funny really, like, really you know? see like if a girl is like six or seven out of ten looks and like I don't mean like put someone on scale or whatever right yeah. but like then like they have the best personality and then like they're real funny and they're ambitious and they're all you know what I mean you're going to be more attractive than someone who's like eight out of ten who just sits there like a bleeding cardboard plank you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah like I've, I've heard, like I've liked a girl before who's like been very good looking and then I was just like I don't actually get on with them at all you know what I mean I, yeah. I, I, I've met and I've met plenty of girls who have like she's actually really hot and then you go over and talk to her and you're just like she's a terrible person you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like yeah. some people are like uh, they think because they're very good looking they're more entitled as well and it's yeah. like not overly true well what would happen if you were on the, the first aid show now right and um, you knew like about half an hour in that like it was going terribly like for instance there was two there was two yeah. gay lads on a date and it was going terribly it was car crash TV yeah. which actually made the episode pretty good but that was like, the only good date in the episode yeah but like what would you do if you were there would you try and rush it would you still try and pay for the full meal I think I'll just have to try and pay the full meal anyway you know what I mean because you get yeah. you get like slayed online anyway. although like I don't really know what happens when like there's like gay lads and lesbians when they like I think they always go splits on the bill don't they yeah. I think that's like, uh, well, I yeah, well, like, well, well from, from what, what I've seen yeah yeah which I don't really know what way to pick that, but like the day I was watching the other night, right? The two lads like didn't like each other, but like they they almost got a bit more like aggressively rude to they each other you. as the time went on, and I was just like, Fuck it, it was weird, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was weird. Because the thing is, I watched the first for like five minutes today and go, these lads look like they're getting all right, yeah, yeah. and then your man like did the like, these are the ten best qualities about me list, yeah. and then your man was just like, oh, that's the guy yeah, I was telling you about. Yeah, that yeah. was just like, I don't yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah. my god. This is dreadful. It's funny how like they, they sort of make bitchy comments, whereas like, like lads, as in like lads, yeah, like there's never bitchy comments. It's sort yeah. of like it's straight to the point. There's yeah, no yeah. like, oh, n- nice shoes, but they look better in red. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, First dates are on anyway. Yeah, and then and then there was like the lesbian girls, and one of the girls was twenty two, who was like, and then the other girl was nineteen. She was like. Three years younger than me. She was like, I feel like a granny. And then she was like, by the way, I own my own political party as well. And he was like, oh, she's too young for me. She's too immature and all this. And I was just a bit like, hold on, love. You're not 30. And then there was the end of Henny lookalike fella. I was a bit like, I wasn't overly impressed with the first episode, to be honest. And then your man, he wouldn't pay the bill. Yeah. Now you're looking Is that the whole episode, was it? Did I miss anyone? I don't know. I felt like they lacked another extra date, but uh, oh, remember the guy arrived in the suit and then the person didn't arrive. Oh, yeah. That is terrible, by the way. Yeah. I don't think they should do that. Basically, one guy, if you haven't seen the episode, uh, one guy he actually looked so fresh, like his suit was like brilliant, arrived, and then his date never arrived. I think that's terrible, especially in a country like Ireland with like less than ten million people yeah. living there to be seen. Yeah, to be like this stood up. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Especially considering that, like, even though he like he gets a date next episode, it's really like. He still gets like fucking slagged away for a week straight. Yeah. As in like, can't leave the gaff for a week. 
Imagine, I, I kind of would think that like if I was going to be on the TV, that, that I would be that person. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, I can't believe that that person's going to have to like go a week in his workplace. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, that's terrible, man. That's, yeah, that's, everyone's going to be in the canteen like, sort of like the laugh and stuff. See, see Shane got stood up. Yeah. See Shane got stood yeah. up. Yeah. And, and, then, and then like the <clears> lads <throat> are going to be like, Heard you took one look at your man and legged it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah, because he's also going to be remembered more for being stood up rather than yeah. getting the date the next yeah. time. Um, stood up guy. Yeah, just sort of wrapping up first dates around. Um, it is Car Crash TV, but it is actually like sort of entertaining. I think it's from like all the different accents. Yeah. Remember your one who was dressing with her like tits out? She was yeah. like, yeah, give us a burger. But, um, <laughs> I feel that was like a very accurate impression yeah. as well. I just feel like I feel like the show like, like your man was like a farmer as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He supposed he looked like Ender Kenny. Yeah. I just feel like the show, it's not being taken seriously and it's not getting like a, like a proper big, uh, like amount of applicants. Yeah. You know I mean? So therefore, there's less matches. So therefore, like th- nobody, there's not many couples even stay together off that. Yeah. So no, first I, I like the show. I'll, yeah. I'll always watch it. No. It's entertaining. Yeah. Anyway. The English one is way better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but like, like, yeah, but there's something about like the English one that I'm less interested now because the Irish one goes on, and I'm like, I'm like, I could know the people. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. I like, like that factor. Yeah, yeah. that factor of like knowing yeah. someone is like a lot more like intriguing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, wrapping up, I, I think that like I wouldn't actually recommend going on the show if you're looking for love because realistically, um, Jeez, man, that's deep. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Well, I, I just mean like you're you're going to be putting a blind date and like you're relying on someone else to sort it out like you should probably just build up the courage to even go ask someone out yourself or even just like become friends online and then like sort of see if you're like compatible like you know what I mean because like yeah yeah but uh yeah um also I wanted to I wanted to just put out here today that uh myself and Ross uh could have like a big meeting coming up soon and we basically nutshelling energize is first of all we spent the first half hour talking about what we got up to during the week and the main topics of the basic general crack from Ireland. Yeah. Then the second half hour is basically all the MMA news and the last half hour is all the latest football news. So basically you get like an hour and a half of energised content each week and it's basically like a lads club that girls love as well because yeah. we talk about like... First dates and stuff. Yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of people like the first half an hour. Yeah. Uh, and yet again, this time work. Someone new in work said to me again, uh, Aaron... Well, I actually don't know Aaron. Aaron Sloan. That's actually his name. I actually forgot his name because there's actually two Aarons. The other one's actually called Aaron McGregor. So, Aaron Sloan <laughs> turns to me and goes, me, Calvin, and one of the lads turned on your podcast in, in work the other day and they were listening to it. And I was almost a bit like... When someone tells me that, I'm just a bit like... What episode? What, uh, yeah, I was in like I was like uh, I was like they must have been talking about me. And then like let's put the podcast on. You know what I mean? Like there's a bit of a, like a weird time to come around to, but I was like I can't. And then they were like, yeah, I really love the podcast because like you guys don't really care about what other people think or you just like you don't care basically and you just say what's on your mind. So I always find that really yeah. interesting. I always find that interesting. Yeah. I'm sort of like, but it's just second age now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, big shout out to the lads again and work at. Always for me, and nearly everyone's listening. And even two lads in work are going to start their own podcast, a whiskey podcast. So, like, that'll be interesting to listen to. Yeah. So, fair play to them. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Else to say about the week? Um. You're going away next week. Oh yeah, I'm going to Liverpool tomorrow, which will be today when the podcast release. I'm going to Liverpool, so I'm going to do something Beatlesy, and I'll probably put some sort of post out up in Liverpool. I'm not going to Anfield, so don't worry for all my United fans who listen to this. Um. Like in fairness, I go to a game in Anfield, but I'm not arsed doing their stadium tour. Like I, I don't want to sit here and have some scouts or fellow time here great Liverpool football clubs. <laughs> like I can just ask Mark Cullen to do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, here, um, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. obviously, next week's podcast, I will let everyone know if Liverpool's worth going to see or not. Teddy. So... That was the first. So, that was the first half hour of the show. Um, we're going to move into the MMA segment of the show. So thanks, man, for staying tuned so far. Ross Cowell, what you making the show so far? That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> was it? Yeah, definitely our best show of twenty eighteen. Yeah, especially because you talked about Christine the whole time. Yeah, Christine, don't worry. Who knows? Someday, maybe in two thousand nineteen, she might guest appearance on the show. Yeah. What's her name again? Christine, I think. Okay, so in the MMA world, we've been constantly asked. And send so many direct messages about what is the story with Conor McGregor. So I think for him, we should be it should be like a reoccurring a thing. Con- Conor McGregor segment. Yeah, I did, like I mean, most people are trying to find out what's going on. So the Max segment, the Max segment. So Conor McGregor, he's back training. Uh, Ross, give us a, give us any uh, inside scoops there. So Conor McGregor has been back training. He's been put up loads of posts today. He put up a post with his wrestling coach Sergey. Whatever his name is, I'm going to try to say his next name. Yeah. And he just put in post saying martial artist. So it looks like his next try is going to be Floyd. But he also put up, uh, or sorry, a uh, next fight is going to be martial arts fight. But he also put up a post saying, Floyd, you're still a rat as yeah. hell. So like he's leaving those options yeah. constantly open. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, Floyd Mayweather went to, he went to like a, a night out. Yeah. And he was wearing a Conor McGregor t-shirt, I suppose. He was was like, he? Dana Boyd said that, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. Right, yeah, fair enough. And then, how, how entertaining is this? Like, yeah. This is just pure entertainment. And then he put up another post today saying, like, the home of the champ champ or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so he's constantly yeah. put up a lot of posts at the moment. And there are a lot of, like, sort of, almost, like, I'm going to be fighting soon posts. Yeah, yeah. He only does uh, this ever when he's fighting. Also, he rented out Thunderland, which is a, yeah. a theme park in, in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Ireland, obviously. And uh, he, like, inf- he... He, he invited all the fat friends and fam yeah yeah which is pretty impressive stuff yeah um, and there was loads of posts the tracksuit we wore was ridiculous wasn't it oh yeah yeah someone said it, he it looked like the minions yeah or the minions yeah. 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 yeah I have a feeling that that was I said it's Ross there I have a feeling that like he did, he did that he rented it out and, and that, that was his last blowout thing yeah. before oh yeah I have a feeling he's like just, you won't see me for a while friends and family because I'm going back training yeah. seriously oh yeah I have a feeling something big's gonna something big like it's always gonna be something big when mm. it's associated with McGregor but it, it's, there's gonna be an announcement soon that's what I think yeah so basically Dana White came out after UFC St. Louis and said that Conor McGregor has to march aside what he's gonna do Otherwise, they're going to strip him of the title. And he's saying that Conor McGregor was talking about fighting in September. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I think a lot of the, the biggest issue with Conor McGregor fighting next is that he'll want to sign a new contract with the UFC because the contract he has at the moment was pre-Floyd Mayweather and he'll want a new contract with the UFC. And I can say that's why he's probably aiming for September and we'll give him that amount of time to negotiate for contract negotiations. Yeah. Really see if the UFC do strip him of the belt. I don't really have a problem with that. And I actually think it will make Conor's return even bigger because he'll be coming back to try and reclaim what is his. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any real Conor McGregor fans or UFC fans or MMA fans really care if he has the belt or not. I think they yeah, just I don't care. Think, I don't they think, just think want to give him an extra pay per view because he has a gold belt or yeah. not. And there was talks about UFC going to Russia, and supposedly that could be scheduled for September as well. So. But I highly doubt. Like I can't really see him doing his next fight in Russia. I don't see why he. Dana White keeps on saying Conor McGregor wants to fight Khabib in Russia. Well, I don't really see why he wants to do that. But I feel like if he's going to make a second movie, going to beat Khabib in Russia would be like the ultimate <laughs> pinnacle of that movie. That'd wouldn't be, it? Yeah, that'd be like the old school Rocky. Yeah, against yeah. Draco is it? Is that Draco. Draco. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, funny thing during the week, Conor McGregor actually picked up a award in the convention centre yeah. from Richard Branson, and then they both took their tops off oh, and squared off. Yeah, this was like that. How loose is that? Like this was like a real like sort of off the cuff moment, wasn't it? Because no one knew what was happening. Well, obviously Conor McGregor knew it was happening, but no one knew it was happening. And then just one or two people like took videos of it, and it went viral. So you did go viral. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe it. The, the funny thing is though, like whoever took the original picture picture will never get the credit for it because, like, you just get screenshot and yeah, then repost. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. But yeah. incredible stuff. Um, fair play to him. Yeah. Uh, also, <coughs> it was announced today that Katie Taylor will not be making her professional Irish debut in Dublin. In Dublin, <coughs> and she's going to be fighting in Brooklyn in Staples Center. Uh, at the end of April, which is uh twenty seventh, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, originally the Independent broke the news that she was going to be fighting in Dublin, and now the son, uh, the son, uh, yeah. the what's it, forty two. Yeah. yeah, put out that she's going to be fighting in, in Brooklyn. So that's pretty unfortunate. I knew it was too good. Like I had a feeling it was too good to be true. She's becoming too much of a star. Yeah, like especially uh, out of, we've over top five most liked posts. She's in two of them, so yeah. that just shows how much like. Yeah, I can't believe how fan base. I can't believe how like. She's the queen much, of Ireland. Yeah, I can't believe how much the country's behind Kate Taylor, and uh, I'm like very impressed. Also, Carl Frampton announced that he's going to fight in Belfast on the 14th of April as well. So we're excited to see that. So maybe we might actually go up to that one instead. Then we'll yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, we'll see what's going on. Yeah. So let's get into the world of UFC. Um, we're going to kick it off with fight news. With the fight news. Um, our good friend Robert Whitaker, current UFC middleweight champion, had to with- withdraw from UFC 221 in Perth, Australia due to a knee injury. Um, and Joe Romero will now step in to fight Luke Rockhold for the interim, the interim. middleweight championship. Um, Ross, you, you, were, you, you were better mates with... <laughs> with Robert Whitaker than I was yeah it's because I told him we have the first two letters at the start of our name that's the thing yeah. so what you th- what you think about this now uh, look absolutely devastated that I wasn't going to see uh, Whitaker Rockhold it was a very fresh matchup in the middleweight division I think it is the two best middleweights in the world that we're going to fight off but I'm also interested to see Rockhold versus Romero very interesting that UFC made it for an interim title because uh, Whitaker didn't fight all that long ago but it sort of makes sense that they need to have a belt on the line. It needs to be a pay-per-view main event. Um, it'll be interesting that. to see because that event was sold out. UFC are now offering refunds yeah. for anyone who wants to go there. Why wouldn't you want to um, go anyway, though? No, I think everyone will. I, I, it'll be very, I'd be very surprised to see many people get a refund off it. Yeah, because not but, every every yeah. year they go there. I, just, I think it's the first time ever they've gone to Perth. It's the first yeah, time yeah, they're I, on different coasts of Australia, I think Yeah, it is. I, t- I, t- I think they... Well, it was against, not against the law. What is it? What's it called? Oh, oh well, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't legal or legal. Yeah, yeah. Against the law. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't legalized sport in that part of Australia. Um, so they brought it to the other coast. I don't know. It's just the we. I don't know which whether Perth is the east or west coast. But anyway, it's on in Perth, and it's a sellout already. I doubt they'll get many refunds, and I'm sure whatever tickets are refunded, if it was a sellout straight away, they'll be rebought by someone else. Yeah. Um, really interesting matchup. Because I actually had a fellow at work today. Um, he was doing one of the tasting classes I did. And uh, when I told him I went to New York, he was like, no way. And I was like, Madison Square Garden. And he was actually from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, he was like frightened by how, like, how much I knew. And then yeah. he was like, oh, what's you think? Oh, most people. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, what's you think? He was like, 
oh, it was like, I don't know, Robert Whitaker beat Raul Romero easy enough. And I was like, I, I don't actually think he really did. I think it was actually quite a close fight. Um, and sure, Romero, yeah, and Raul Romero was going to be so dangerous for those first two rounds. And the fact that Biz being knocked out Rocco, I like, think if Rocco doesn't take this extraordinarily seriously, and I think he's going to have to like implement like more of a grappling game and a kicking game to keep Yoel at distance to win yeah. this fight. Yeah, and Romero's not just coming off sitting off the couch sitting no. on the couch because he was training to fight Brunson and, yeah. as well. So Yes, on the Fox card so um I'm sort of backing Romero to get the win here. Yeah. Romero. I, I feel like he's see, the thing is, able, I feel like he's gonna be able to touch Rocco's chin at some stage. And I, I don't think Rocco's ever fought someone with that much power. See uh, well, like after thinking about it properly and then watching back some of the fights because I was actually looking forward to seeing this. Um I, I like I originally thought Whitaker would definitely win, but then I thought Rockhold would beat Whitaker, and now Romero steps in. So I actually think that's that's going to be very exciting. Mm. Um, I also wanted to bring up the fact that if Michael Bisping yeah. hadn't have fought Kelvin Gastelum and lost, and like should never have fought that fight, especially in Singapore, after being well, after being choked out in in New York. Yeah, but also he was like he was dropped as well, and then choked yeah. out as in like as in like he was he was fairly well handled by GSP. Yeah, but. I kind of would think that Bisping versus Rockhold 3 for the title would have been the fight to make. Yeah. But now I think Bisping, Bisping like, must be at home now. Sick. Yeah, he must be like seething with yeah. anger. Like that would have been that would have been perfect for him. Yeah. Because imagine he beat Rockhold again. Oh yeah. Like he would have been like... Yeah, he would have been like... He can sort of be like have his legacy. Because like yeah. Bisping's sort of legacy is like very, very good. Sort of... Like the Anderson Silva fight, it's where like people still think Anderson Silva won, knocked out Luke Rockhold by fluke, and then like people like also say maybe Dan Henderson won. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you look at the fights against Anderson Silva, right, Bisping was nearly finished by Anderson Silva, right? Yeah. Anderson Silva won, jumped on the cage and everything. Yeah, yeah, and that then, was like, so weird. Dan Henderson like knocked Bisping down twice, and he almost beat him as well. So therefore, like those two fights, you could easily argue like Dan Henderson and Silva were close to finishing, but like the Rockhold, and then people were always like throwing like. That was a fluke with the Rockhold punch. But like, if you could beat Rockhold for a second time, people would be like, maybe Bisping was that good. Yeah, that's the thing. Because Bisping is undefeated in England and like absolutely like destroyed people in England. Yeah. But like, that, like if, you had, if he hadn't have done the Gaston fight and fought Rockhold for the third time and then beaten Rockhold again, that would have definitely cemented his legacy yeah. of being like, like, as not a joke. Some people sort of like look at him and see him as a bit of a yeah. more of a mouth than a fighter. Well, you know what I mean? I think I think it's because he's been. I think it's because when Dan Henderson knocked him out at UFC one hundred, it was just like he he was so like brash and he was so like he he beat Dan Henderson. He was getting a title shot and like in fairness, Bisping backed himself so much. Would you would you have to do if yeah. you think you're the best fighter in the world? Yeah. And just when he got knocked out, it was so like. I think because he was fighting Dan Henderson, like America don't really get behind their own fighters, but like they do get behind Dan. What Henderson. was he called, Captain America? Was it no, or Mr. I, America? So I think that was. I think that was Tim Kennedy, no? Yeah. But anyway, like Dan Henderson's like America's guy, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like all the Americans like Dan Henderson. Yeah. And like he was he went to the Olympics for them, you know what I mean? And they're like, he's our guy. And then like when he do when he just knocked out Bisping, it was just like, right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So and Bisping was undefeated in the UFC yeah, yeah. until then as well. Yeah, so like very Michael Bisping. Um I still I'm still a big fan of Bisping. Yeah. Um any latest on Michael Bisping potentially, potentially fighting in UFC London in March? Well, that's where it leads to this weekend. There was a fallout between Uriah Hall and Vitor Belfort. Uh, Uriah Hall failed to miss weight uh, or make weight. <laughs> failed to miss weight. Failed to make weight. Yeah. He, well, he didn't weigh in at all. Um, he 
he like collapsed backstage at weigh-ins and he was sent to the hospital. Uh, Dana White absolutely slayed him from afterwards. And that we'll get on to that in a few minutes. But it looks like they might do Vitor Belfort first, Michael Bisping in in London. That, 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 that's one of the options, I think. I think that's only really one of the only fights that Belfort can do. Mm. So, and then, like imagine imagine Bisping beat him and then like destroyed his eye. Oh jeez. Got him back. But I really say I don't want to see anyone destroy no, anyone's no, eyes. No, yeah. But like yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, I, B- see, I feel like if Bisping could embarrass him, like that would be like good. Yeah, if Bisping got that win back, that'd be the perfect way to end his yeah. career. No, because like he's like, and I feel like he could. I feel like I feel like if the fight goes past the first round, like it's all Bisping. Yeah, because you don't want to see, you don't want to see like uh, like Bisping is a quote unquote mm. legend of yeah. the UFC, but you don't want to see them going out on a loss. Yeah. It's always and like, in fairness, I don't mind sort of seeing Vitor Belfort going on a loss because like he took so much like testosterone and like he was like definitely like on some sort of like human growth hormone sort of thing. Yeah. That like I feel like if he goes out and lost, but like he sort of like cheated a bit during his career, so I'm not as yeah. like much. And he also like took Bisping's eye with him as well. Yeah. So therefore, like I wouldn't feel sorry for Vitor Belfort. Yeah. Also, like he was making tons of money his entire career as well. Yeah. Like, was, apparently, him and like Lorenzo Fertitta are like best friends. So. Uh, a few people put, we put a post out on Instagram there during the week, um, <laughs> of Vitor Belfort, and a few people messages being like, "TRT Belfort yeah. was great. Yeah, this it, Belfort's crap. Yeah, Belfort's only retiring until he goes to Rise and back in the juice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Biz being Belfort, that would be very very good." That's actually on St. Patrick's Day in London. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, come here to me. Um, what's your take on Dana White these days? He's like very willing to like slate his own fires. He's done this like in the past a lot as well. And this might like one knock on Dana White. Obviously he's a marketing genius. He's like built the UFC up so well. But like sometimes he just like knocks his own guys. Like when he was knocking Tyron Woodley after the Damian Moya fight and the Wonder Boy fight. I'm just a bit like... He's your champion. Like you're trying to get him to sell pay per views, and you're there telling the world he's dreadful and he's boring. And then you have him with your eye hall being like, the guys at the institute are saying he doesn't take it serious. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like he slates other people like to build his own brand. And be like, look how honest I am with it. And then he slates all these fires. But these are the fires he needs people to buy tickets to see, and he's going slating them up. What's your taking that? Because you were like rambling on for ages there, I actually really thought about it. I think maybe he's just doing that to get underneath the fire skins to what like fire them up. Yeah. Maybe so, but... I mean, I, well, all right, maybe... But why Hall, else yes. would he be doing Yeah, it? maybe with Royal Hall, yes. But I totally disagree when he does it with the champion. Because they're going to headline a pay-per-view. And you need to build up your champions. Yeah. Because he's done with Demetrius Johnson before. He's been like, oh, Demetrius Johnson sells no pay-per-view. But, you know what I mean? But, like, that's not going to make him want to buy his next one. Being like, oh, people don't pay to watch him fight, so I'm not going to pay to watch him fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I just don't understand that. Um, so, well, there's a method to every bit of madness that he yeah, does. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. And but, also, like, because he... Because they've made the sale as well, he he can be more open. Yeah. But also, sometimes, he's, sometimes he is wrong and he admits he's wrong. Like, first, he said Ronda Rousey when women were never going to fight in the UFC and then Ronda Rousey is the second biggest pay-per-view star of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think sometimes he does get it wrong. I mean, the good thing about Dana White is he's willing to admit he got it wrong, I suppose. Yeah. He seems more relaxed these days as well. Yeah, well, he's, got, he's, got, he's got like 400 million in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so like, I'd be relaxed as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... Before we break down a couple of fights, uh, there was another thing we wanted to announce that Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar is going to headline UC 222. And we put a poll out on Instagram and Holloway was the favourite, like 60%, just over 60% favourite yeah. for this fight. Interesting to see it's in Vegas as well, so that Max Holloway yet again is not fighting in Hawaii. Um, hopefully they back that up with another title fight. Yeah. And then in the MMA world as well, 
John, big John McCarthy is going to be the a commentator now for Bellator. Yeah, he's replacing and, Jimmy Smith. And he's replacing Jimmy Smith. And Jimmy Smith was on the Joe Rogan Experience talking about this. So, Ross, what do you think about Jimmy Smith joining the, the UFC team? Um, yeah, I think Jimmy Smith is a great acquisition. And I think he's the long-term replacement for Joe Rogan going forward. Um, Joe Rogan's contract, I think, is up by the end of the, this year or the next year. So it'll be interesting to see. I feel like Joe Rogan should get a year a rolling yearly contract. Um, I think he only wants to do pay-per-views in North America anyway. Like he doesn't go and do the Brazilian ones. Yeah, I'm not too sure if he's going to do the Australian one. Who knows? I sort of doubt he will almost. Uh, yeah, he's sort of picking and choosing where he's going. Yeah. Can, I, can I just mention when they were doing the fight companion there uh, last night, um, Jimmy Smith was getting out of his car and Eddie Bravo was, was t- thought Jimmy Smith was Joe Rogan. Oh yeah? Yeah, he was like, all right, Joe. And then Jimmy Smith was like, what? In fairness, they do look frightened like, and they wear that sort of like oversized black shirt everywhere. Yeah. Um. But no, Jimmy Smith's an absolute excellent commentator, and it'd be great to see in the UFC. I was watching the UFC this weekend, and like your man Brandon Fitzgerald was doing with Paul Felder, and I don't really like your man Fitzgerald. There's something about him. I think it's like you can't have like Joe Rogan, John Anik, and like Jimmy Smith, and then there's like here's. Brendan Fitzgerald, like I've never even heard of him but before. But I mean, Felder looks so slick in that yeah. too. That's what was so Felder slick. does a very good job on commentary. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel, like, I feel like he does a very good job on commentary for the fight nights. I'd like to keep him on the fight nights. I yeah. don't really want to see him on pay-per-view. And then I like Daniel Cormier, Joe Rogan and John Anik. They're my three men in the booth who I want to see. Like we said last time, Dominic Cruz like, tried to take over a bit too much. I like the way he sort of challenges Joe Rogan at times. But it's a bit like sometimes he's like challenging him to like, try and be superior, which I don't like. Yeah. That's the latest commentary. Oh, what's your take on Big John taking the uh, Bellator? Are you excited to see that? It'd be interested to see his take on whether he commentates and whether the referees are making a mistake or making a correct decision as well. True, yeah. Um, Big John McCarthy. I always thought he was a great ref. Yeah. Um, Best ever. This, yeah. Well, I like, I like Herb Dean as well, but sometimes Herb Dean... Looks gets like, it wrong, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes a bit I feel tough. like John McCarthy very rarely gets it wrong. Yeah, well, Bellator is actually on this weekend, uh, the beginning of the Grand Prix, the heavyweight yeah. Grand Prix. D- is John McCarthy going to be working on that? Yeah, he's commentating on it. So basically, the new commentary is they didn't want to pay Jimmy Smith the big bucks because he got a really good deal against Bjorn Rebbe. Scott Coker didn't want to get the big bucks. So now it's going to be John McCarthy or maybe Mauro Ronello, I'm not too sure. And then it's going to be Frank Mir and Chael Sonnen are also going to do commentary for Bellator going forward. They're going to yeah. be like sort of the Cruise other person. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But they're not all going to do it together, obviously, but there's yeah. going to be like the common combos. Yeah. Um, I like the way Bellator is sort of coming on a bit as well. Yeah. And the, the, the heavyweight Grand Prix is going to be brilliant. Also, putting uh, someone like Chelsea on in commentary, he's like a known voice as well. So it's, that's always good to have on there. Yeah. So, should we go into the results of the St. Louis card then? Yeah, go for it. Um, what did you make of the overall fight card? Um, the overall fight card, I, well, first of all, watching it, la- watching it last night, wasn't overly impressed. No one impressed. Um, it did lose th- two p- big fights though. Well, th- hence my underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, underwhelming. Well, actually, happened with me is I was watching these fighters. Like I was watching Marco Polo Reyes win, right, and I watched uh, the Mexican girl Irene Aldrano, whatever yeah, yeah. name was. Two was very, yeah, very I was, I was, yeah, I was sort of watching them, but I was really, like, I wasn't really interested in them, and I actually fell asleep for a while, That's and then the didn't, yeah, and then it didn't wake up till the Usman fight, and I watched that. And then I watched the Page Van Zandt fight and I watched the main event and then I had to go back and watch the Michael Johnson fight afterwards. Yeah. So that's why I woke up. We might as well just start with the main card because the rest of them that's the that thing. important. That's the thing because I was watching the fights and then if I have no real investment in the fighters then I'm sort of like 
And then you see them go into decision and you're like, geez, I just wasted 15 minutes of my life there. Yeah. But uh, we're going to start off in the featherweight division. Darren Elkins defeated Michael Johnson. Michael, by rear naked choke. Michael Johnson making his debut in the featherweight division. And after losing this, Ross, man, where does he go? You know what? I think you should stick in the featherweight division. Personally, yeah. right? I think this is his first cut down. He lost. All right, whatever. Um, Darren Elkins is one of his last six in a row. I can't believe Darren Elkins is six in a row in the featherweight division. We'll get to him in a moment. But he cut down first weight cut. It was probably a very difficult weight cut. I don't think he was particularly made an easy cut at 155. He looked really, really good. His hands are really good. I think he just needs to do a bit more cardio. He seems to like fade very much in the second round. Yeah, he, Michael Johnson lit Darren Elkins up in the first round. I was actually about to text you and be like, I think he could be a contender in this division. And then in the second round, getting the rear naked choke, losing by rear naked choke. He looked like he sort of gave up, didn't he, in the second round? As in, like, as, as soon as, like, Elkins sort of got him down to the ground, like, Johnson looked like... And you know what? Paul Felder was like, Johnson's very good on the ground. And then next thing you know, like, Elkins was like, Kablamo! Yeah, I think the Body triangle, rear naked choke. I think the realisation after he lost, he was just like, oh, I'm after dropping down the featherweight, and now I don't know mm. which way to take my career now. Yeah, also, I think he was a bit like Darren Elkins. On a win streak, I'll yeah. be able to easily beat him. That's the thing. I, I think, think everyone underestimates Darren Elkins. Yeah. Who... I don't think should, I don't think any of these fighters should ever go in underestimating no. anyone. No. Oh, like for instance, look at the look at Rockhold against mm. Bisping. Um, so, Gray win for the damage. Yeah, uh, still the worst tattoo in the UFC. Who do you think Darren Elkins should take on next? I think we should wait because that's the featherweight division. We'll wait to get the main event results from the featherweight division, okay. and then we'll discuss okay. the landscape that is the featherweight division. Right then, we're move on to the welterweight division. Kamaru Usman defeated Emil Meek by unanimous decision. Uh, Very one-sided. Ross Usman spent over ten minutes on top of Emil Meek here and showed that he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the in the division, let alone UFC. In fairness, last week we were very high on Usman, and he showed us why. Uh, Dana yeah. White said he wasn't impressed with the, his, uh, his like post-fight antics but look he took down Meek at will and he held him down there he's so strong in top control he's a three time national wrestling champion and I struggle to see who's really gonna like stop him doing that I'd like to see him fight uh, Maya and I'd like to see him fight Colby Covington who are also very good grapplers I want to find out who's the best grappler at 170 Yeah, he's he, also now 7-0 and in the UFC Yeah, he said he was the best he was the best and most dangerous person in the division and then after the camera panned to Ty- Tyron Woodley and Woodley didn't say anything Woodley yeah. should have been like this is my division something like that yeah but I feel like Woodley actually quite respects Usman I think Woodley actually thinks Usman is very good but I think Usman almost has to go 9-0 I almost feel like he gets has to get another 2 wins because he's not very good on the mic he's not very well known so therefore he has to beat one or two more people so for Usman next I want to see him fight maybe Anil Magny Colby Covington or potentially who was the other one I said? Maybe even Darren Till. I want to see him fight with yeah. the Upresh. Yeah, same here, yeah. But the only thing is that if he fights Till or Covington, that knocks off one of the other contenders who are fresh at uh, 170. So yeah. I want to see him fight one of the top guys. Yeah, because Meek wasn't even ranked. Mm. Um, also in that welterweight division, post-UFC post St. Louis, um, Dana White said RDA is next for Woodley, which I'm not surprised with. But yeah. just in the welterweight division, might as well let the people know. I can just see Woodley winning that. He's yeah. he's have to come back from uh, shoulder surgery as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then moving into the women's flyweight division, Jessica Rose Clark defeated our good mate Paige Van Zandt by unanimous decision. Um, if you haven't seen this, Paige Van Zandt broke her our arm. Broke her arm in the first round, and it quite visibly broken as well, wasn't it? As in, yeah. like it got like very swollen. Yeah. It was actually Joe you know when I was watching this like. 
when we met her and her boyfriend Austin, right? They, they were like the nicest couple, like oh, I think oh I've ever God. met. Yeah, and I, they, I were so, they were so they were so nice, so this. kind, yeah. and like they were like so in love as well. It was sort of like I was like she was like this is the man I want to spend the rest of my life yeah. sort of thing. I was yeah, like, Jesus and Christ, like right. they were so like inviting towards yeah. us. I was like I was like hopefully this couple do succeed in whatever they're gonna do. Yeah, um, they trained together. You can see Paige after moving yeah. camp to like kickstart her career again after losing to Michelle Watterson and then like when when I was watching her fight I felt like it was like my sister there fighting yeah. I was like I was like, like I was like cheering her on and then when when she went back and after the first round and said her arm was broken like you're, I was just like oh shit cause I was almost like, like they should stop the fight for her you know what I mean yeah. I, was, I was a bit like I don't want to see her go out there and get bashed yeah because first of all she's right handed yeah. and she, was, she doesn't have knockout power no um, well, not her Ro- hands anyway yeah Rose Clark is was also like looked at least like ten pounds heavier. Yeah, yeah, she looked like much butcher yeah. and much like sort of bigger. Yeah, but and I don't mean that like she was like ugly or anything. I just mean that she was much like like it looked like a woman fighting a girl. That's what yeah, it looked it like. Did, yeah, because Paige um, is only five foot three. Yeah, and then like she, she just sort of took her down for the second round, like cut her in like a triangle for a lot of the second round, and she just sort of bullied her. And then she third did, round, like Fanzan did a better. Uh, Paige probably won the third yeah, round. She did a really good job of like keeping the distance, throwing her kicks. And you were listening to the fight companion, Joe Rowe was like, why yeah. is she not throwing it? Because obviously they didn't listen with commentary yeah. on. They were like, why did she keep doing them kicks? Yeah. They were actually such cool kicks though. Yeah. Right? So like, I know, Paige is an absolute legend anyway. And Austin's a legend so, as well. Austin you know actually follows our page as well. Yeah. Follows our page. Yeah. Get it. At that, that point, yeah. That, yeah. 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 But uh, I feel like, um, I, you know, I actually wouldn't be highly against like seeing Paige Van Zandt like, pack it in and go to like WWE and do WWE wrestling where she can just like be the pretty nice girl that she is. That's the thing. I mean like, I feel like she's like such a nice person at heart that she doesn't have that killer instinct. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. Or like, I feel like she needs to be like, you know what? I'm going to be like the Damien Maya of women and become like a really good at jiu-jitsu and just like take people down and try to submit them. I feel like she like that's more her style. Like She's, she's like the nicest person in... Mixed martial arts. Yeah. Yeah, she is. But there's no room for nice people in here. No. Like people... Like for instance, Ronda Rousey succeeded because she was like a bully. Yeah. And like, if you're a nice person... Th- like she just looked undersized in that division as well. And like obviously we like I don't want to be like she shouldn't keep going there, but like although maybe because we met her and she was oh no, so I'm like I don't want to see yeah. her get like yeah, I don't see her get beaten up yeah get uh, beaten up yeah but um I don't know that flyweight division still new so I don't really know what's go- what's gonna happen there and I feel like your one Jesse Jess or whatever her name is Clark didn't uh, I feel like she didn't actually beat Paige so well that she actually is gonna make a name or off herself no, off doing it no, here it wasn't overly impressive enough yeah but like I mean if you think about it she had. 10 minutes with Paige with one broken arm yeah. and couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, in, fact, in fact, her most impressive round was probably the first round where Paige did break her arm and yeah. then she looked less impressive. Yeah, she, she sort of looked like she ran out of gas. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then in the main event, the featherweight division, Jeremy Stevens defeated Duhoy Choi, the Korean Superboy, by, uh, by knockout. Um, what a finish in the second round, Ross, yeah. and uh, Stevens. First, it was a great fight as well. As in, like, while it was happening, it was, it was fireworks until the end, yeah. basically. It was like Duhoy Choi versus Cubs Swanson part two. Yeah. But uh, great finish for Jeremy Stevens over ten years now in the UFC. Yeah, um, where do you sort of where do you see him going now? This is what I, I I was thinking right when Max Holloway beat Jose Aldo for the second time. I sort of looked at the featherweight division and went, "There's not many contenders left there." And then give it a, give it a minute, and then you have Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Frankie Edgar, Josh Emmett, Darren Elkins, Jeremy Stevens, and they all like the featherweight division looks a bit stacked again. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. So um. For me... Especially with a knockout. If you knock someone out, you're back in. Yeah, you're back in the top. Cause yeah. like, especially when it's like spectacular enough yeah. or like a bit flashy. So for yeah. me, I'd like to see Brian Ortega fight Darren Elkins. They're both like 
on major winning streaks. The damage. Yeah, and then I'd like to see Jeremy Stevens fight Josh Emma. That's the fight I want to see. Be even, so though, even though Stevens was on the top of the card, I still think Darren Elkins is ahead of him in terms of um, like recognition and wins. Because he's on, got 6-0 in his last six. I feel like he's he should fight Brian Ortega. Yeah. Because then he goes 7-0 and then he should fight Holloway. The winner of that fight should fight Holloway. You see, the thing is, Stevens also had like the back end, well, suppose it well, was meant to be the back end with Paige on the card. Yeah. That would have sold loads of tickets. Yeah. And then uh, also Vitor, Bel- Vitor Belfort would have helped as well. Yeah, like, yeah. If those two had been off the card originally, yeah. that, that wouldn't have been an amazing card. I was a bit like, they probably made that fight the main event because they thought it was going to be the most, Smoke like the best, best main event, as in like the best fight, yeah. as opposed to like, they weren't the best two fighters on the card. Um... Right, cool predictions anyway. But uh, overall, what you give the card, Ross Cadwell? Um, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. It could have been 8 out of 10 if you have Fitor Belfort Hall. And I was actually quite interested in seeing Thiago Alves versus Zach Cummins. And we missed that fight as well. So I'm going to give it 6 out of 10, but a strong 6 out of 10. And uh, what, do you think, what do you think the UFC would it give, What do you think the UFC gave that out of 10? Because uh, Page say- lost. Fitor didn't fight. I'd still say like a 6 or 7 out of 10 just because it was the first time I think ever to St. Louis so therefore that was always like they did right. well in the market okay, so, so like 6 out of 10 then. yeah alright um, moving on to this weekend UFC 220 okay the big dogs this is what I was uh, this is what I was looking forward to in the whole podcast this weekend UFC 220 is on in Boston's was it TD Garden? Yeah. Is that what it's called, yeah? Okay. Um, home of the Celtics. Home of the Boston Celtics. Um, Dana White's hometown. It is Dana White's hometown as well, yeah. Um, it hasn't been there in a while either. Yeah, so basically this card is not very well stacked whatsoever, but it does have a very good finish. That's the thing. Um, I think they, they were like, right, if we put the heavyweight fight on this card, it doesn't matter who else is on it because yeah. everyone's going to tune in for this. Yeah, this is a real, like... I wouldn't be surprised if the stadium didn't start getting full till like the third final fight. Yeah, the spectacle is on. Um, Run down the main card there, Barry. Yeah. So there's there's not there's not major to be. Is there any people we want to look out for in the prelims? There's no there's no one really. I, although I can't believe Islam Makachev and Gleason Tebow are fighting on the very first fight of the night. When like in terms of the name recognition on this card, they could actually be on the main card of the um of the pay per view because. Gleason Tebow has something like 27 fights in the UFC and Makachev is a very good Dagestani wrestler so it'd be interesting to see how that fight plays out but other than that like there's not really a hell of a lot of people I'm actually interested in seeing on this card so maybe this, this this might make sense maybe they didn't pack this card because uh, Bellator is also on the same night so. oh yeah actually that's a very good point because the Bellator there you go man look yeah. I'm on the ball there because the Bellator um, fight will actually take place the same time as the UFC prelims are going on ahead. So it's probably actually I didn't even think about that. Oh no, that Barry, could just be that just could be just coincidence. Yeah. But Barry Moore, marketing no, genius. Barry Moore knows the score. Barry Moore knows the score. Open the door. Show them the floor. Okay. Um. Right. So because the UFC, did, it looked like UFC didn't really care about the prelims. We're gonna skip the prelims. Um, in the main card, kicking off the main card in the bantamweight division, Thomas Almeida is taking on Rob, taking on Rob Font. Uh, Ross, what are we expecting here? I think this is gonna be a very good strike matchup. Thomas Almeida always goes for the kill. I think he's actually most famously known for getting knocked out by Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. But uh, Thomas Almeida is a very good uh, striker himself, and Rob Font is also a very good striker, and he's on a very big win streak at the moment. 
Uh, he's won his last couple in a row, and he looks very dangerous. So, big fan of <coughs> Rob Font. Yeah, Thomas Amado was also getting a huge backing until he got absolutely destroyed by Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Thomas Amado on that one. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, no, I'm actually gonna go Rob Font just to go against you, and just because I think it's a bit of a toss up. Um, then in the lightweight, light heavyweight division, um, everyone's favorite comedian Jean Valente is taking on our mate, taking on France Mir Barroso. Um, this one's just lined up for an absolute slugfest. Um, let's not try and break down too much because I'm actually going to say Jean Valente is going to win because I think he's a bit of a monster. Uh, I'm just going to go for Valente as well. Remember when we were in New York? He was just like such a cool crack, just yeah. messing. Yeah, he was like putting up pictures of people behind their heads yeah. and just being like this gas crack. Um, okay and then in the featherweight division Calvin Katir is taking on Shane Burgos I'm not going to lie man I don't really know either of these yeah I'm not surprised you don't um, these are both actually very highly touted prospects at the featherweight division and they're actually both very very good um, I'm going to go for Shane Burgos he's undefeated 10-0 in, the, or 10-0 in his career uh, Calvin Katir is 17-2 but I'm going to go for Shane Burgos in this one and this is actually going to be a bit of a striking delight also but yet again neither people are known but what a great chance to get to be known fighting on the UFC 220 main card yeah yeah, especially after us talking about the featherweight division in, in, in such detail. Yeah, in yeah. St. Louis, yeah. Um, then in the low heavyweight division, Argo made Daniel DC Cormier, the current champion, taking on Volkan Ozdemir. Who you may see a picture of us with this week. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, aka the picture going out um, to promote this video. Yeah. Yeah, so Daniel Cormier is coming back to fight Volkan. Um, Ozdemir. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Cormier is coming off a loss against John Jones. And Volkan is coming off a win against Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy the Man Manoa. Um, what are we expecting here? Daniel Cormier is pushing on nearly forty now, Ross. And mm. Volkan Ozdemir is has spent such little time in the octagon with so many wins in the first round. No time. No time. <laughs> Which is a nickname. Yeah. Uh, Volkan's also training with uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah, and he's, um, uh, he has the same coach as Luke Rockhold so I'll be interested to see how it goes down and he's training with Luke Rockhold as well yeah Yeah. I wonder how much time they've actually spent training together physically but for me I'm just going to pick DC it's more the quantity you know than the quantity you don't I think on this uh, time and I think DC has beaten so many guys like he's beaten Rumble and I feel like Rumble was always a bigger threat to uh, DC as the Volcan's going to be although there, then again for the first time in his career DC was knocked out yeah. so I wonder does that mean Volkan will have a bit of confidence that, that he'll be able to knock him out. He's seen him be knocked out. I'm sure again, he does. DC might just put his head in his chest, take him down for the first two rounds. He'll be absolutely knackered and then have his way with him. Yeah. We, um, also, we also have no idea what Volkan Ozmir's ground game is like. Yeah. Um, from watching the countdown there, um, Daniel Cormier was saying that because he was just given, he was like, quote unquote, given the belt back after the John Jones fight. Because, was he feel like he's fighting for the belt this Yeah, time? and okay. like with that determination, he's probably like, right, I need to like reprove myself again. Mm. And sometimes you need that fire because yeah. like if you're just... Although Daniel Cormier did say one thing that was very, very funny. He said, if I end up fighting someone like Volkan Ozdemir, I've got I've done the wrong thing in my career. Yeah. But like he didn't know Volkan Ozdemir was going to come in and knock out three people. This is probably his toughest fight as well. Because like Gustafson's out injured. Anthony yeah. Rumble Johnson's not like in the UFC anymore. Yeah, he's not active. John Jones is uh not active. Not active. Yeah, there's this is the hardest fight in the UFC left for Daniel Cormier, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. And you know, fighting in Boston I think is like a really big deal as well. Yeah, but Moving on to the main event of the evening. Well, but, but, <laughs> did we both pick DC? 
Yeah. Okay, sorry, all right. All right I, I just like doing the surprising. You want you want to go rogue on, did you? <laughs> so, okay, we're it, talking about Stipe. No nickname, Miocic, against the Predator, Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Have you ever been more excited for a heavyweight fight than no, this? No, no, not at all. Literally not at all. This is... This is this fight, it was the main like the main thing I was looking forward to talking about the most in the podcast. Oh, bar, bar you going away to Liverpool on your holiday. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I like when we talk about me as well. Yeah. Um, look, Francis Ngannou is an absolute monster. He holds the world record for the hardest punch of all time. He's knocked yeah. out nearly everyone who's stood on his path. I was watching an interview of Curtis Blades, who's fighting Mark Hunt at UFC 221, and he was actually bragging that he got to the second round with Francis Ngannou. I was like... Not really something I brag about, but uh, fair play. And uh, like he's fighting Steve Miocic, who, who I feel like because UFC put so much backing in behind Francis Ngannou, people are almost like forget how good Steve Miocic is. Steve Miocic yeah. in his last couple of fights has knocked out Junior De Santos, has knocked out Mark Hunt, has knocked out Alistair Overeem, and has knocked out Fabrizio Verdun. Like what more impressive was that? Like? Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I feel like he's getting undersold in this yeah. because like. He's done all that, and like, like, like he, it's Ngannou almost coming across. and uh, over him, and people are acting like Ngannou beat the people, we just did, and yeah. just beat the people, and Ngannou did. Yeah, you see the thing is, it, it, it's like is, is like Miocic isn't really like selling this fight as well. Yeah. Um, obviously yeah, he's never I'll, he's never sold a fight in his life. I know, yeah, but like. It's like I know that's not really the, the point, but the the thing is like first terrible personality to be the best, the baddest man on the planet. That's the th- yeah, that's yeah. that's my point. Like when you look, when the two of those guys walk into a room and you go, "Who's the baddest man on the planet?" Yeah, you're looking one way. Yeah, and you're not looking at Steve Miocic. You're not looking at Steve Miocic. You're looking at Francis Ngannou. Um, but like you know, I've even heard people like degrade Stipe's losses to like almost boost Francis, as in they were like, "Oh yeah, but." I- Verdun was like running forward and just like he got knocked out and they were like in fairness oh. he was yeah I know yeah but like yeah but they were acting as if like oh yeah it was almost like a lucky punch and then they were like oh he got but you got rocked against over him and then came back and won him beat him and then it was there like yeah but DeSantis has been knocked out a few times and it's like Mark Hunt's in his 40s you know what I mean it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's a bit like hold on like when you fight these people like they, like whatever way you win you win like yeah. you beat like some of the all time greatest this is sort of like the way remember Conor McGregor that everyone put it down yeah. all his uh, yeah it was like oh well he's not a wrestler or he's not a top 5 or he's not a yeah. jiu jitsu guy and, yeah and like Miocic yeah. if Miocic wins he also sets the, the record for the most title of defenses funny, in the heavyweight division it's funny to think Miocic being so downplayed but if you, uh, but they're also like but if he wins he's actually the greatest heavyweight of all time just yeah. in case you didn't know yeah it's, like, it's such a weird dynamic yeah, yeah I've never met someone who's so like under promoted but also been like he could achieve greatness at the same time it's an extraordinarily strange predicament. This is... I, I'm actually... I, like, I can't wait for this. I literally can't wait for this. Alright, Barry. You're in the corner of Steve Miocic. What game plan do you give him going into the fight? I think, I think you should like... First of all, close the distance anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then like... Just sort of dirty box. Yeah. Get the sort of knees in and stuff like that. You almost think you should press him up against yeah. the cage. Yeah. Like, I mean, Stipe, well, he's like a college wrestler. Yeah. I forget now what accolades he has. That's fine. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a Golden Gloves boxer, yeah. boxer. Whereas, like, Overeem just, like, came out some, like, came out some... Overeem came in very aggressive against Ghani. I was a bit surprised. Yeah, yeah, he, like, just ran at him. Yeah. I think he was just afraid. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
I think, I, I, I think Overeem was like. You see, the thing is, when you see when you see a knockout, the way Ngannou knocked out Overeem, like you can't help but have nightmares and yeah. be like afraid for anyone else who steps in there, no matter who's the champ. I think Overeem actually went into that fight. He's like, I'm gonna have to like try and knock him out as well. So if I go in there, I'll be aggressive. I might get knocked out, but I could knock him out. I think <laughs> that's what Overeem sort of thought. And obviously, you end up on the receiving end. Joby, the funny thing is, right? If Ngannou wins, right, and if he you'd probably fight like for Doom next, if yeah. not Kane. Remember, like for Doom always comes out with a big jump. Oh, Jesus. Front kick. kick Yeah Like that would be crazy to see But um, You see the thing is I think, I think like The better actual fighter Is Miocic Yeah he's the more skilled fighter The more skilled fighter yes But, but Francis Ngannou has the touch of death in his yeah, hands Yeah Francis Ngannou has the hardest punch in the world man Yeah Unless like If someone else wants to challenge that punch Yeah um, And he's gonna it's, get it's, it's one of those things where it's like Stipe Miocic is like The most skilled heavyweight in the world yeah, yeah. Francis Ngannou punches so hard, and he only has to land one punch over the course twenty five minutes. That like, that's enough. So what? What are you thinking, man? I just feel like I'm buying the hype. I'm buying the Ngannou hype, and I just feel like he's just gonna land a punch from side. And Stipe has been knocked out by Stephen Struve before, and he's been rocked by Jonathan Santos before. I just feel like if he gets hit with one of those punches from Ngannou, like it's like it's 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 not rocked. It's lights out. So, uh, that, uh, but see, like it'd be interesting him. to see But also I feel Ngannou was so big I forgot how big Ngannou was Until I saw him against Overeem He was so much bigger than him And then I feel like Ngannou so big and strong That he's also going to be Very hard to take down As in like His wrestling yeah. defence Doesn't actually have to be that Like technically good He's actually so strong He can actually just Hoist people up Yeah remember he brushed off Overeem's takedown yeah. attempt as well yeah. Man this guy is the scariest guy ever Like he actually yeah, is. she is, yeah. And he's like training with the mask on and he's running and then he's like he's like built in the UFC performance institute. I've yeah. never seen UFC like put their like put themselves what like they're putting themselves behind Ghani more than they did McGregor. Like they're like they're like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, because they signed a new drink deal with um like what's Monster. That? No, no, the it's like a fruit punch drink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, like Sidney yeah. Calvell, yeah, um Francis Ngannou and Cody Garbrandt are the faces of it. Like, oh yeah. The one we were getting over in uh in New York yeah yeah but also books. there's a, a new a beer like I think it's called Mondello or whatever oh, yeah. it's called they're, they're now sponsoring uh, Miocic so it's a sort of covered on both sides oh I actually saw that ad the Miocic ad yeah but there's something about Miocic that's like if you saw him on the TV ad you wouldn't even know he was the UFC champion you'd be like there's a guy in an ad yeah alright so let's get down to it man I think I'm just going to have to pick Ngani I'm just like I feel like he's going to land a punch at some stage I don't think Miocic is going to be able to knock him out, you know that? Because I think, first of all, Ngannou's chin, like he has a chin anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying Miocic doesn't put him in. If the two of them were going to, remember when... If they uh, went punch for punch, if yeah. it was like, if, if, if Ngannou was like, you can punch me and then I'm going to punch you back. Or like, yeah. I'm more convinced yeah. that Ngannou's going to knock him out. Do you remember Mitrion and Fader both hit each other at the same time mm. and they both dropped, but Mitrion got it first. Yeah. If Ngannou and Miocic were going to do it at the same time, Ngannou's going to win. Like, yeah. I think Ngannou, I, I'm, if I'm going to put it this way, I think Ngannou's going to oh, win. It would be very interesting to see if after. And Ghani punched over him And they just left him there How long would he have been there for? <laughs> Ever <laughs> I, I, I just I don't think Miocic Is actually as confident As he's sort of letting no. on He's sort of like Trying to pretend That he's all relaxed But I mean like How can you be relaxed Going into the octagon With this guy So therefore I'm going to go Francis Ngannou yes. Second round Knockout I was going to say first I feel like I feel like this This isn't going Anywhere longer no. Than two rounds Yeah second round Yeah but I don't think He's going to make it there yeah. So we're both saying Ngani, we're both saying knockout, and we're both saying under two full rounds. Yeah. Well, so, I'm buzzing to see this man. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Austin are definitely going to get their money's worth anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that gives that brings us uh, out of the realm of UFC then, yeah? Yeah. And uh, oh, Bellator is also fighting. So we'll quickly run over that. Uh, Diego Lima was actually, um, Rory McDonald has been demoted to co-main event now in the uh, welterweight division. How, how do you see that going now? Um, I think... Lima is going to be shocked to see how good Rory McDonald is good how good Rory McDonald is at takedowns and I think McDonald is going to just McDonald is one of the top five best fighters in the yeah. world in oh, the welterweight, welterweight division. division yeah so I personally think Rory McDonald is probably the most skilled welterweight in the world I feel like Rob, Robbie Lawler is just the worst matchup for him yeah and, and, yeah, and also like McDonald's after getting like his like face pulverized, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be good at dodging dodging punches now, yeah. or he's certainly been practicing. So I just think I think Liam is going to just see the the quality is the standards going to be yeah. too high. And I, I think, think Rory McDonald could still possibly be the best welterweight in the world, and I just think yeah. he's going to be able to beat. Uh, Diego Lima. Also, Diego Lima like found that he's just that massive weight cut. That's the thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't think his cardio is going to be that amazing. So that's that fight, and then Chelsea versus Rampage Jackson, and um, this is the new. Main event for Bellator. Uh, what what's your take for? Well, first of all, it would definitely sell more, more tickets anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. So whatever um, whatever sells more tickets should be the main event. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, well, two two guys certainly not in their primes. No, certainly not in the primes. Rampage is very fat at the moment. Yeah, he just he's just fat. Like I just look at him and like I can't wait to see him at weigh ins because he's just like gonna have a betting. I think Taylor Son's gonna win it. I think Taylor Son's gonna be able to get the takedown. And once he gets the takedown, I don't think Son, uh, Rampage is gonna get back up. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you with that. Well, yeah. th- they made a bet as well that every time Chael Sonnen takes down Rampage, he gets ten grand. He gets ten grand, yeah. Which was a foolish bet, in my ba- in my opinion, for Rampage yeah. to make. I don't think they're gonna hold that. No, but we will see what happens. So, uh, yeah, so Bellator is gonna be on, and then switch straight over to UFC two twenty. Yeah, that's the plan for Saturday. Buzzing for that. Uh, Ross, anything else to say about the world fighting? No, can't wait for this weekend, and uh, I can't wait to do the podcast on Monday to talk about the results. And where do all the fighters go from here? Yeah. Ross Cowell, what's your make of the MMA and fighting part of the show so far? Well, great weekend of fights last weekend. Great weekend of fights this weekend. Can't wait. So, absolutely phenomenal stuff. So. Okay. So, thanks a minute for staying tuned for the fighting part of the show. We're now going to move into the final segment, which is the world of football. Ross Cowboy. What name that tune? Uh, Dream Team. Dream Team. Yeah, it's Dream Team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. That's me and you, man. Dream yeah. Team. Joe Andy Andy Fitzroy has told yeah. me that he the only game he's ever gone to was the Dream Team against like Shelburne. I think he said. Yeah. Yeah. Harchester, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think in Ireland. I think he may have went to one in England though. That's actually yeah. Like, so random but it fair is. play to him yeah so random so are we starting off on Irish soil or are we we are Um, it was well it was well what was documented. It? documented yeah it was well documented that Stoke City were trying to get Martin O'Neill to leave the Irish job manager's job and go and join Stoke City who were actually who were after getting hockey 3-0 tonight by United could have been more could have been more although they looked like they could have got a goal as well but apart from that um, Martin O'Neill was actually second choice behind Kiki Sanchez Flores who was a former Watford manager yeah who actually did pretty well there as well he was actually very unfortunate sack. I couldn't believe this act, but yeah yeah. so basically Martin O'Neill's after turning down the job and it looks like he's going to stay with Ireland along with Roy Keane um, in my opinion now I'm actually really happy he's staying yeah. um, I could understand how he wanted to go back into full time because like it's sort of like he sort of he got Ireland to the Euros then 
he didn't get them to the World Cup and maybe he wants to go back in full time because yeah. this, this is probably the perfect time for him to go back into full time as well yeah, if he was going to do it because he's not really like he, basically he has a year of nothing to do really, yeah. like bar play friendlies yeah. and then so, like it'd be another eight years yeah. until a World Cup oh, was that a, no sorry four years until yeah. the World Cup you know what I mean? So maybe like sometimes it, like you get that perfect moment. Mm. But obviously it wasn't but perfect. Like, for me, I look at Stoke. I don't think their team's that great. I think they're in a lot of trouble this year. They don't have an outright goal scorer. Um, like you're coming in and like maybe he wasn't going to get given money in the January transfer window. They're going to need to bring in a striker if they're going to stay up. Yeah. And also I look at the rest of their team and like I looked at them play Man United side. And the, like yeah, yeah, they had some good chances and all that, but like their team just looks so mediocre. Like yeah, Stephen yeah. Ireland was back playing. And I just look at them and it's like this like Darren Fletcher like holding up the midfield like at what thirty six or thirty five or something. Thirty four. Oh, I think it's thirty four, but like and, he and, plays like he's thirty six. You know Joe I mean? Allen. Yeah. Joe Allen. The Welsh. The Welsh. Javi. In fairness, like Joe Allen's like hit miss, and then like Shakiri. I don't know how he still at Stoke. I don't know how they kept the whole game. Yeah, but hold up, right. Forget about Stoke now, yeah. Anyway, but what do you think of Martin O'Neill? Well, no, staying? I think it's great that he's staying. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we could have went on for ages there. It's like, it's yeah, it's crouchy. crap Stoker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great for Ireland, and I, I feel like after we didn't qualify for the World Cup, like a lot of people were saying, "Oh, should O'Neill get sacked?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but was like, yeah, that was absolutely ludicrous. Why would they have said that? I don't know, but like that was being yeah. said though. Yeah, yeah, yeah but maybe uh, sometimes in like a one-off game, yeah, you like, get, people get a bit heated after game. Yeah, like, and they're like, "Why didn't he gamble? Why didn't he gamble?" But then he did gamble. Then we got hockeyed. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then they're always like talking about his tactics and all. So it's a bit like, hold on, Martin O'Neill's done a lot better job and brought the team on a lot further than most have because that Ireland team is not very good. No, you know what I mean. And he's done very well with them, so, like, let's be honest, like, no matter who we get in instead, it's not going to significantly change how we've done. Yeah, the thing is, right, if he had left, Roy Keane was probably going to go with him, but who would have Ireland gotten in? I don't, to be honest, I don't know, like... Give us a... I feel like... One name, apart from Brian Kerr. But maybe Roy Keane would have stayed, maybe Roy Keane would have taken over. I couldn't see that happening. Like, well, like, another, another name. Yeah, another but name. I have someone. I feel like... Well, we get Tony Pulis in. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, that, I mean, we play that sort of style. Yeah. Like. But, like, I think, feel like that's that's what we would have happened. But, like, we're not getting some better. As in, like, if Tony Pulis, Martin O'Neill, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, one's way better or worse than the other. Yeah. Um. What, what would you like to see? Okay, now Martin O'Neill's obviously going to, like, probably sign a new contract. Yeah. An improved contract. Um. What would you like to see to Martin O'Neill... What would you like to see Martin O'Neill do with the Irish squad going into the next qualifiers for well, the look, next year? I, I feel like he should just do some very experimental squads, bring in some new youth. Uh, like, I, I think the problem is when you're playing international football, I almost think you have to like almost sacrifice your world ranking at some stages and be like, here, look, the draw is already done for the next Euros. As in, like, we're already in the like X qualifying group. So for the friendlies uh, before the Euro qualifying, we should just like play completely experimental teams, bring in new guys, see who's got it, see who doesn't, and then, like, keep the guys who've got it in the squad, and then who doesn't, well, at least you gave them a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all the all those, all those like, fellas from, you know, the championship who are, like, not in the squad or have never actually got a game, and, you know what I mean? Give, yeah. them, give them a run out and see what happens. Like, what's the fella from Aston Villa's name? Uh, Huron. Yeah. Like, make him start a few games in a row. And then there's another fella, I think... There's a striker, Maguire, Sean Maguire. Give him a few runs up front. See what happens. You know what I mean, I I don't see the I don't see the worst. But like I like people don't really like when we slate the Irish League. But realistically, I don't want to see any people from the Irish League getting the game. 
You know what I mean? Like, they're clearly not up to the standard. Otherwise, they would have been signed by someone in the Championship or the Premier League. And, like, that's just a fact. Well, unless we were on one of the top teams and yeah. making making serious noise. Yeah. Unless, like... Yeah, because all, all, the, all the top players are getting taken away yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, look, glad O'Neill stayed. And I don't think Stoke ending Paul Lambert was a, a great sign neither. But I don't know who else is around there either because they couldn't take Tony Pulis back. Yeah. To save him. The, 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 the Ferris wheel of Premier League managers continues. Yeah. And also, Ryan Giggs is after becoming manager of Wales. Um... You see, I like Martin O'Neill. Like, look, uh, well, like, well, I was quite impressed that when, like, how, like, even when we lost five one Denmark and we stormed out of the interview, I was like, I was like, at least showing a bit of passion and like he was a bit like here, look, yeah, but they're, they're I think the, the press they, were yeah, they're like, antagonizing them, yeah. yeah, they were, yeah. yeah, but like, no, but I liked the way he handled it. I was a bit like, it was a bit like here, look, you're not gonna make me a scapegoat. You're not gonna be like it's all my fault. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'd like to see another com- manager do better yeah, than that. Yeah, like. but at the end of the day, it was a combination. The players didn't perform. Maybe the tactics weren't right. Maybe they were right. Maybe Denmark are just a much better team. You know what I mean? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, did we want to go to Russia? Of course we did. But we're not. At the end of the day, we were actually very fortunate that we ended up in the position we did. We could have easily finished fourth in that group and people wouldn't really bad annoy that either. You know, like we finished ahead of Wales with Gareth Bale. Austria have uh, Alaba and a few other good players. And we finished ahead of both of them and like our best player plays for Burnley. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... What you want from us? Yeah, Robbie Brady. It was actually yeah. Robbie Brady's birthday there last week. Yeah. So I turned 26. So um, big shout out to Robbie Brady. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have social media, so it's actually very hard to like, try and wish him a happy birthday that he might see. Yeah. Yeah. We can tell his brother yeah. when he's cutting your hair next. Yeah. He was actually, uh, before Robbie Brady got injured for the season, he was actually nominated for Player of the Month in the Premier yeah. League. Big Hopefully. shout out to Robbie yeah. Brady. And uh, Seamus Colin is back training yeah. uh, with... Everything. everything yeah so I think I think the Euros we might get back into it yeah. as well like also you a lot of people forget that we lost Seamus Coleman with the injury yeah. uh, after the Wales game and like he would have made a massive difference and he was the captain yeah when you miss yeah when you miss a leader yeah. especially in that Irish team and he was like the most experienced in like European competition as well like he played a few Europa League games with Everton at some stage as well so like that's a lot more than most players in our squad have done yeah, are on the back plane. Actually, if you think about it, a lot of those Irish players probably never played many football games outside of like Ireland or the UK because they weren't in European competitions. True, yeah. So like when they travel to like Austria, it's a bit, like it's very random for them. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah, I didn't even think of that before, but yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, Ireland are actually back playing. I think their first match this year is going to be away in Turkey. I think it is. But, oh yeah, Istanbul, can't we? Gobble gobble, right? Um. <laughs> Okay, uh, another thing we really wanted to talk about was the transfer window and the, the, all the hullabaloo, if that's the correct word, surrounding uh, Alexis Sanchez. The uh, Alexis Sanchez saga. I feel like it's a saga even though it's gone on for less than a week. Yeah, it, well, it's the one thing that's been constantly talked about, constantly coming up on my social media. Hmm. And I'm sure the papers are having a field day talking about it. So basically, he was... He, he basically, he's out of contract at the end of the year and he's available to negotiate with teams yeah and supposedly he was gonna he, he'd agreed a pre-contract with Man City and then Man U are after coming in with a larger bid yeah larger bid and bigger wages and then Man City supposedly have withdrawn their interest and Chelsea have now entered the race to sign him uh, so basically what I've what I've been told or what I've read is that Sanche- Liverpool or City were going to pay 20 million to City and they were going to get them- no City were going to pay 20 million to Arsenal oh to Arsenal sorry yep. City were going to pay 20 million to Arsenal and then they were going to pay Alex Sanchez another 30 million signed on bonus in the summer 
something along those lines and then they were going to give him about 290 grand a week very Man City yep. and then apparently United are going to pay 35 million pounds 350 grand a week and they were going to pay 5 million to Alexis Sanchez's agent I don't know how one works one way and the other works the other way that's for the saga and then Chelsea are coming into play and I have no idea what way they're going to go personally at the moment up until tonight which is Monday night you'll be listening to this on Tuesday or yeah. therefore on yeah. um, it looked like he was United bound it looked like United were in the lead to sign him oh no but, I thought originally he was going to be well I think Chelsea or City were in the lead I'd say yeah. up until about I thought Saturday that was, I, thought, I thought that was completely agreed I thought that on Saturday I was like he's gone to City and then on Sunday I was like he hasn't actually signed for City yet and United seemed to be putting in this big wage bill and I was like maybe he'll come to United and then as of Monday which is today I was like it looks like United and then Monday night arrives and then Chelsea are in and I was like if Chelsea are in and offer him the same wage as United he doesn't have to move house <laughs> and that like as stupid as that sounds that could sound yeah. appealing to him so now I would say United are I'd say 55% I would say City are still in with like a 35% chance of getting and Chelsea are 10%. Until you hear any sort of offer that Chelsea come in with, I'm not buying that they're actually ahead of the game. And then by Friday, he ends up with Spurs. Definitely. <laughs> well, I'd love to see that. What are you getting with Alexis Sanchez? Like, You're getting Premier League proven, goals, flexibility in position, uh, hungry player, he, and like a world-class talent. Set pieces? Set pieces as well. You're getting like a, a very complete attacking player, and like they're far and few between. And I, I like I'd be more of the thought I'd rather get Alex Sanchez as a Manchester United fan to come play for Man United than I would get Antoine Griezmann because he's Premier League proven and Premier League proven means a lot. Yeah. But then again, it doesn't always actually work out that way because look at Torres at Liverpool, Premier League proven, moves to Chelsea, doesn't work out. So also systems come into play. Realistically, yeah. I think he probably flourished most at City. Because like you be given that more attacking freedom, yeah. you know you just play a bit more structure. Um, like each person has their position and they're sort of told to stick to it. And then at City, I feel like if Hazard's gonna go, he'd be the perfect replacement yeah. for him. But but I feel like if he was gonna go to Chelsea, that that it, it would be like Hazard staying there would be a key part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like you know. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's just very interesting because like the way it's been put out that like it sort of said if you want to win trophies you go to City, but it's actually quite ironic because Manchester United have won four trophies in the last two years, I think, and City have won none. Yeah. Uh, since Mourinho's arrived, obviously they're going to win the league this year, but to say City, because City are so dominant this season, they're made out that they've been like dominating for the last ten years, and it's not actually entirely true. And like, who knows what's going to happen next season? Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see where he decides to go and he'll make obviously a big impact wherever he goes yeah. well the thing is if you, have to look, if you look at it this way right I, I doubt Man City are 100% out of the race now but uh, in signing him but with Alexis Sanchez first of all if he goes to either Chelsea United or City he, he's available to play in the Champions League then you look at if he goes to City he's, he's definitely going to pick up a Premier League medal that he actually did, hasn't contributed towards yeah. because realistically the league's already over yeah. basically at this stage um, so is he is he is he driven to just go to a team and be a hand in the medal for doing nothing? Uh, I actually see him more of a winner. And now I have like Coutinho's after doing that going to Barcelona. Yeah. It's like right, give me the medal. Like you basically second you sign the contract to get the medal. Mm. But uh, if he goes to Man City, he's just only going. He won't. He won't be the star player. He'll be like like a, a player yeah. among stars. He'll be like one of the not, a, not a cameo cameo, but like he'll be one of the. If you actually talk it into terms of 
the way the City players have been playing this season, like he shouldn't really start ahead of Sterling. He probably shouldn't start ahead of Leroy San. He shouldn't start ahead of Gabriel Jesus or Aguero. They've all and that's the sort of the positions he'd be going for. Yeah. Or else and they've all been and better. Silva. Yeah. yeah, and and all right, you want to add in De Bruyne and Silva. All those players have played better than Alexis Sanchez this year. Yeah, so like, they, he doesn't actually automatically even start for them. Yeah, then if you look at going to United, he, he's one hundred percent going to like probably take one of those in mind the striker roles, yeah. as yeah. in like With, whichever. Whichever one he wants. Yeah, because they all <laughs> inter- intertwine. So he'll get a lot more freedom. Yeah. He'll be the top pay player at United. Um, he'll get the number seven jersey at United. Yeah. And uh, even if like he works something stupid in his contract that he got like one or two percent of all jersey sales of his name on the back, I mean, like that'd be worth an absolute fortune to him. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but like, I'm, so, I'm sort of picturing it. I can, I can see that sort of happening. But like, I can see him going anywhere, really, to be honest. Yeah. And then if he goes to Chelsea. Conte's not guaranteed to be there at the end of the season. Um, Hazard's not guaranteed to be there at the end of the season. Uh, Morata's not really scoring goals. Um, it's Chelsea like, such an like open the air team. Bakayoko, that, like the midfield, like Bakayoko's not really, he's not really, do, like, And PSG have said well. Conte's their top transfer target for the summer. Well, see, you know the, you see that, the only thing that Chelsea sort of ha- do have is he doesn't have to move house. So, mm. if you look, if like, if he wants to be the star man at Manchester United and like, He's been to he's been to the Eddie Haddon played yeah. and he's been to Old Trafford and played and then which crowd intrigues him more? It'd have to be Old Trafford. If well, I was a football, yeah, isn't even full. Half yeah, time. yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm sure it's more full now when they're yeah. winning every game. But like, you know, what I mean, they're ha- well, they played Juventus in Champions League quarter final and the stadium wasn't yeah. full. So like, and I don't know what he even says about. The either way, he's a lucky man. He's going to be making serious money if he goes yeah. to City or United. So uh, especially at the age of twenty nine or twenty eight or whatever he is, that he's already like he's sort of like. In fairness, he showed no decline in his abilities, but like, as in, like, if he can sign a four year deal and he'd be 33 and still earn 290 grand, he's doing very well. Yeah, he'd be a very important player at United because yeah. he'd be a leader as well amongst yeah. the young lads and he helped develop him a lot more because it looks like Ibrahimovic is going to leave at the end of the season. Um, before we just go into some of the main results, there's a big talk about Ronaldo go, uh, leaving Real Madrid in a swap deal for Neymar. Uh, Ross. Where did this even come from? Can you see how even happened? I've read so many reports on Real Madrid recently that like apparently in 2014 they put in a 250 million euro bid for Messi and that like Real Madrid, when Neymar originally left Santos and went to Barcelona like Real Madrid really really wanted him and I just don't I see this as like smoke and mirrors to be honest I don't see it being true um, Ronaldo's definitely the top jersey setter in the club in the club's history for Real Madrid. Yeah. Although Neymar will probably be able to challenge that if he did move there. He's not but, having a great season this year either, Ronaldo. Yeah, so, no, he's not at all. Um, but I just don't see that transfer a swap deal for players of that caliber happening. Yeah. It's just like swap deals never happen anyway. And then for you to tell me that swap deal is going to happen with the most expensive player of all time and like possibly the most talented or like the most well known footballer of all time. They're just gonna like swap clubs. Marketable. Yeah. And like it's probably like too big of a deal to even like how would you even owe, how like, would you even start that? Yeah, PSG are already like just creating this like team based around Neymar and then they're just gonna let him go back after having him for a year to Real Madrid. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Like he, Neymar has so much more to come. And also, Neymar works very well at PSG. I don't think Ronaldo would work very well at PSG the way they're lined out now. Yeah, it, it's the ego stuff yeah. as well and I feel like Neymar is more of a team player at the moment than Ronaldo is as well. I feel like Ronaldo's like he's probably getting very frustrated with Real Madrid. Well, yeah, not all, yeah, but also why would Neymar want to leave that project at, at PSG? Yeah. And I was sort of looking at the squads 
because uh, I was just I always look over and see how to get on over the weekend, and um, PSG have like so many more players like for like as substitutes, whereas Real Madrid sort of have like the main man, and yeah. then like like the absolute understudies. You know what I mean? Yeah, like look at uh, sorry, um, PSG's top three. They have Mbappe, Cavani, and Neymar, and then on the bench they have Lucas Moura, Draxler, and uh, Angel Di Maria. You know what I mean? And it's just like they can bring any of those three on yeah. for any of those three players, and it's just like the other teams like bollocks after seventy minutes. And they bring one of those players on, and just next thing you know, like they're being absolutely onslaughted. Yeah, don't be great if Di Maria never went to United and then was available to buy and could go to United and was good instead of being shit. Yeah, although he was good for the first couple of games. Lucas oh, Moura was also linked to United as well. Do you think that'll happen? Yes no. or no? Uh, what about Obama Yang to Arsenal? Yes or no? No, definitely not. Not for not for like they're talking like fifty to sixty million, and I'm just like, hold on, they just bought Lacazette, and if he's fifty or sixty million, I'd be convinced he'd go to Liverpool and play back with Klopp. Yeah, I think that's what I. I think that sort of wraps up the transfer roundup. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the tra- or the football fixtures for this week, I think we have to uh, say fair play to Liverpool for beating Man City four three. Uh, ruined their undefeated season um, I was actually talking to people in work about this and I was like if anyone's actually going to beat City it's probably going to be Liverpool because they actually just have the ability to score an outrageously large amount of goals and I was like it's probably going to be a goal fest to beat them but yeah. that's what it was <clears throat> yeah it was and they were missing Van Dijk although like Van Dijk's only played one if not two games yeah but probably if they have Van Dijk on it probably just going to be 4-2 instead of 4-3 yeah so we're just going to go through the fixtures yeah yeah we're just going through the fixtures All we right, just have to give the shout out to that one because like that was incredible performance by Liverpool oh that was a perfect way to start it um, I felt like Man City like not having David Silva there he's supposed he has their family problems family issues that's why he wasn't available to play uh, I felt like that leader of David, <coughs> that leader of David Silva not being there was uh, they they're missing the experience and like yeah. he's been there t- nearly 10 years so that's impressive that's a that's a big loss and then the the brunt of it was put on Kevin De Bruyne's shoulders and he didn't really show up. Put in a couple of decent balls and then Man City only seemed to get going at the very, very end. Maybe it was like an arrogance thing of Man City that they thought they were unbeatable and then Liverpool put such attacking pressure on them they were like, Jesus Christ, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. They got a... You see, the thing is that that might like re... re reignite the fire underneath Man City now to yeah. just kick on for the rest of the season. I don't think Pep's going to like accept that performance next week anyway. Yeah. It's sort of funny once you see Liverpool like outplaying Man City that like Sterling doesn't look as good, Sané doesn't look yeah. as good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit like that invincibility of that Man City team. It's like, hold on, they're actually not that great. As yeah. in, like, as in, like, they can be beaten and they can be broken. Yeah, yeah it's funny you put them on yeah. such a pedestal and then when they lose, you're like, that's how they can be beaten. Yeah, yeah, because not many teams actually literally closing down that much. Yeah. It's sort of like I feel like the people see Man City on the bottom, like oh shit, you yeah, know what I mean? They have yeah. it, you know what I mean? Yeah, do you remember when United were under Van Gaal, and then like we started pumping along to Fellaini and then winning matches, and then once people realized how to nullify Fellaini, yeah, we were shit again. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So like they wanted to crack that code. Now you know what to do. It. And Mourinho was definitely watching that match, yeah. so he's like, right, this is how you do it. Yeah, um, I think nullify Barcelona before, so like. I'm sure you can nullify Man City. Yeah. Um, also, there's no point in going much further without talking about Manchester United being st- Stoke 3 0 tonight. Yeah, it was the welcoming party for Alexis Sanchez. That's the way I looked at it. They played nice, free flowing football. Valencia scored this beautiful goal off his left foot. Martial scored. And then Romelu Lukaku scored to finish up. with, And he actually did like a very Romelu Lukaku esque goal. Held the ball up, did a turn, buried it. Um, 
like realistically, he probably shouldn't be given so much space or allowed to do that. But I think Robin Lukaku was actually one of those strikers that like he makes that much space, he makes that happen. Okay, he's just <coughs> he almost makes defenders look bad and been like, how did they let him do that? But like that's just what he does. Yeah, he's, he he reminds me more and more of like, of Drogba. Obviously, not like he'll progress more, and obviously he played a lot like well was at Chelsea at the same time yeah. Drogba was there so he learned from him but the way he's like so big and broad and mm. batters into people and then just like bogs it in yeah I, I always thought, thought that when Drogba first arrived I was like he's so fucking awkward I was like there's some of him so awkward and then like eventually like are brought around to the class that is Didier Drogba yeah. but uh, yeah I can, I can really like see the resemblance yeah. that you like not. draw from that yeah uh, Tottenham destroyed everything 4-0 uh, Harry Kane got two goals he's now Again. Spurs Spurs' high, highest ever goal scorer in the league um, and Harry he's Kane. tied with Ciro Immobile to be the top goal scorer in Europe Harry Kane what's there, what's there to be said I, I just want to see can Spurs keep him in the summer that's what I want to see I think that's the only question that's yeah. really to be asked about is he world class absolutely um, what will he do in the World Cup for the summer will it be a distraction that he's going to be linked to like Real Madrid throughout the entire summer because I feel like that's going to be the World Cup, yeah. And like you know, I wouldn't even be surprised to see him be linked to PSG because like Cavani's getting well, he's going to be thirty or so, and like they're going to be like yeah. and like Harry Kane, Cavani, like they're sort of similar builds. They like play similar ways, and like Harry Kane would smash the goals in the round. Yeah, good, very good point actually. Yeah. Uh, Son actually set a record scoring five home in scoring in five home games in a row. Is he the absolute unsung hero of Spurs? Yeah. Yeah, man, like he's he's running amok. Own son, heroes as far as how many, how many, uh, how much do you think he'd be worth now if people came in to buy him? I feel like he's only going to be worth like forty million or something. Oh, like I know it's going to sound like terrible, but I think because he's Asian, like people don't go. He's worth millions. Yeah, but he's mean? worth loads in the Asian market. Maybe one of the Chinese always so wants. Is he? Is he South Korean? I think he is, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah they're, but, they're, they're in the World Cup, yeah. I'm not actually hundred percent sure, but I also feel like. There's that risk of buying him and putting him in the squad anywhere else. I think I feel like he looks so good at Spurs, but I feel like someone else bought him and might not work. For instance, Deli Ali. Deli yeah. Ali's not in top form at the moment. No. <clears throat> so, what's the fixtures for this week? No. Or no, was there any. Before we move on, Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal. Jeez. Um, Where are we going with Arsenal? Arsenal um, lost 2 1. Arsenal lost 2 1. I've gone 1 0 up. And it's the first time they've ever lost at Bournemouth. And them not having Ozil or Sanchez on the pitch, they don't even look like a top half team. No, let alone a Premier League team. No, it's um absolutely frightening for them. Wenger's in serious trouble. I actually, I'm very like unsure where Arsenal go from here. Their team looks absolutely dishevelled without Ozil or Sanchez yeah. in it. And, and the like, fans as well. Yeah, the fans are absolutely alright. Arsenal fan TV is hopping. Like, Lacazette's probably like, why did I sign here? Uh, like, Awobi's getting started in the team, even though he's out partying until 3 o'clock in the morning up on people's Instagrams. And I'm just like, what are they doing? So I haven't a clue where they're going. Yeah. I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like there's absolute chaos at that club. And I feel like they're going to be about four years, six now. Yeah. Also, it's either four years or about 500 million. One to two. Yeah, both. Uh, Chelsea drew nil all as well with Leicester, and uh, that's the third time in a row Chelsea are after drawing nil all. The the the, the two previous Premier League champions going head to head in a nil all classic. Very them. Yeah, Chelsea are also playing their FA Cup third round replay 
on Wednesday. There's also fixtures as well on Tuesday, but there's nothing major to talk about. So we'll just go into Ross's favourite part of the football show. The Quick Fire Football Round! Okay, so kicking off on... The Quick Fire Football Round! Yeah, uh, at half 12 on Saturday, Brighton are home to Chelsea. Chelsea are going to win that one. They'll get back on the win streak. They'll score a goal. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Oh, Crystal Palace are running hot at the moment. You had a shout-out for yeah. Roy Hodgson. Uh, big shout-out to Roy Hodgson. When I when he signed originally for Crystal Palace, I was saying, what are they doing? But uh, he's actually only lost one game in 12 for Crystal Palace. So, fair play. So, um, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. I'm going to say draw. I'm, uh, not, I'm not saying Arsenal are beating anyone at the moment. Um, I'll go for a draw as well. Because Crystal Palace haven't got a proper goal scorer. Uh, Burnley are home to Man United. Man United. Man United. Uh, especially because Burnley lost over the weekend. Uh, Everton versus West Brom. Everton. Go they Everton. lost 4 0. I don't think. I think they're going to be like backlash from that. Big Sam won't accept a bad result. Sammy Boy. Uh, Leicester City versus Watford. Leicester City. They drew it all with Chelsea. I think they get a result. I'll go Leicester as well. Uh, Stoke versus Huddersfield. Huddersfield. I don't S- think Paul Lambert's first game is going to be successful. I'll go draw. Uh, West Ham versus Bournemouth West Ham West Ham yeah Arnautovic. Arnautovic. seems to have something going from there Arnautovic is on, on a bit of form now uh, and then a half five Man City versus Newcastle well Man City will go back on winning streak they'll probably win 4 or 5 now to be honest alright and then on Super Sunday Southampton versus Tottenham uh, I'm going to go for Tottenham Harry Kane's going to keep scoring I'll go Tottenham too and then on Super Monday Swansea City versus Liverpool Liverpool are going to win they're the second highest scoring team in the league and I think Swansea are the lowest scoring team in the league so very Liverpool cool so that basically wraps up the football show and the, is there anything else you want to say longest energised podcast ever an hour and 44 minutes of pure unadulterated fantastic content hope you guys enjoyed it and as always stay energised